Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Flintlocks and Fireball, where a handful of mad actors will attempt to survive the elf-strewn forests of Dungeons oh, and Dragons. I'm your host and uh, Dungeon Master, Jason Phelps, and I'm joined, as ever, by Robbie, Gluteus Maximus Bellicom, <laughs> Sam, Gluteus Minimus uh, Burns, and Ellie, Glutinous Rice Balls Sparrow. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you got so, the first one. I did. How are we all on this fine episode twenty nine? Um, f- fine. We played yesterday, so it's yeah. exciting that we get yeah. to play today. We're it's doing a good it thing we didn't have to. We did, it's a good thing we didn't have to wait a week to find out what happens. I know. Uh, this episode. That would be terrible so if we had to wait a week. <laughs> yeah, of course we are then going to have to wait for all of Christmas. Oh, so, so long, you know. so long. Joys of pre-recording. Yes. Yeah. yeah, happy end of January, guys. Yeah, uh, whenever this January. goes out. Be thankful that you didn't go Christmas shopping today because yeah. uh, in London, the worst thing. Oh. Oh, yeah. it's oh. awful. <laughs> I saw so many screaming children today, but that's just work. <laughs> the shopping of... centre was so bad, I nearly had to roll a fucking wisdom save, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was terrible. Oh, wow. <laughs> Speaking of screaming children, uh, it's time, as always, for us to hear about messages from the present from future us. So tell us. How many children exist in the future, and do they continue to scream? Enough and sufficiently. Hello, it's Future Jason with messages from the present. And it's time, as ever, for a message from our sponsor. Libris Arcana offers monthly or quarterly dice subscriptions. Head over to librisarcana.com, and for less than 12 US dollars, just under 9 quid, you'll receive a set of 7 premium dice and one randomly selected bonus die every month to sate the will of the die-hungry beast below. This month's set is Sonic Boom! Of course, we talk a lot about the dice that Libris Arcana ships, but have you heard the tale of the Libris Arcana itself, the fabled bound book for which the company is named? Between the time when Gygax and Arneson drank Atlantis, and the rise of the sons of Merles and Crawford, there was an age undreamed of. And unto this, John, destined to wear the dice-strewn crown of Vancouver upon a troubled brow. It is I, his chronicler, who alone can tell thee of his saga. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Upon his quest to bind together the Libris Arcana, John sought the aid of seven powerful assistants, each of which he would have to win the loyalty of. Into the treacherous snows of Canada came he, seeking out the fabled Pyramid of Despair. He found a great edifice of four sides, and entering into it engaged many a terrible foe with blade and spell alike. Yet it was only when he reached the lowest level that he did find the true pyramid by standing directly upon it. Verily, did he cry, that hurts! Truly this is the most painful of dice for all its size. But shrugging off its pain, he laid the pyramid low and so brought the D4, the smallest of the legendary companions, into his party. Next, he ventured deep into the murky pits of civilization, 
heading to the glitzy lights and gambling halls of the city. Many false companions flocked to his side, but he could see their lack of worth within, unbalanced, ill-weighted, some simply given to cheating and desperation. These unworthy souls he cast into the fire, yet none could compare to the wealth and power of the one he sought, the fair Q. In this place, his steel and sword arm would do him no good, only fortune and the iron of his will. The fair cube challenged him to a throwing of bones. The cube waged service, and John offered up his life. Yet the fair cube was named so for a reason, and where many in that city would have tilted the odds to escape servitude, the cube submitted when John's number came up. So it was that the D6 joined the party. Venturing on from those flashy lights to the grim alleys of the city, John sought out the edged date, a fabled patron of longswords, longbows, and light crossbows. The edged date was a well-known and deadly fighter, given to its love of jewels, and John fought them again and again, crossing blades and fighting them to a draw or retreat, but never besting them in combat. Yet the fair cube gave them an inspiration. What they could not beat by force of arms, perhaps force of heart might achieve. When next the edged date fought John to a standstill, he made a proposition. If the edge date would accompany him upon his quest, John would help him find what he needed most, a soulmate. Intrigued, the edged date agreed to follow John upon his quest, and adopted the title of D-8. How will John get past the Spinning Top Brothers? Can he overcome the Barbarian Boulder? Will he ever rescue the Libris Arcana from the clutches of Big Twenty and bind it? Find out next time on Libris Arcana Abridged. Listen up for a spot from our friends over at One Shot Onslaught during the break this episode. We are at UK PodCon in Birmingham on the 2nd of February, folks, so if you're there, come look for the four madmen possibly singing sea shanties and come say hello. And with that, it's back to you, Past Jason. So give us your best reaction to this news. <laughs> I think the, the worst answer to that would be zero and no. Ah, no, yeah, the worst would be zero, zero and yes. yes. <laughs> oh, no, no that, would, that is really bad. <laughs> That's far worse. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, it would be funny if you just cut to um, ambient noise from any given nursery anywhere. <laughs> How would you procure that noise? The noise that happens when the lights go down in a theatre. Bloody hell. The screaming. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> Alexa, play the sound of children screaming. <laughs> That's a good way to get on a list. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It really yeah. is. <laughs> 
Well, um, and on that uh, particular on that mildly bombshell, uncomfortable note, <laughs> it's time for flintlocks and fireballs. Our land stands on the saber's edge. Our cities are a powder keg. Brother chains, brother, no one's free. A life on land is short, you'll see. So gather your muskets, gather your spears, we'll plunder the shores of Calcineer. No cracking storm or spell we fear, so come and sail with us, my dear. Previously, on Flintlocks and Fireballs, Having ventured deep into the forests of Meatmere after the destruction of the Charlie's Regret, encountering a curious lost city, and then engaging in an arrangement with Anwin, the fairy lord, uh, to make use of his still not quite identified gate in exchange for three favours. While their gnomish companion and tailor, Fighty Gubbinswick, appears to be set a number of seemingly impossible tailoring-based tasks, <laughs> having thus uh, far been instructed to spin a waistcoat of gold and to create a set of breeches from Quicksilver, uh, the party have thus far completed one of their tasks and been set their second. After, retreat, uh, after retrieving the satyr, Dai, uh, from a tar pit where he had been imprisoned for an unknown amount of time, uh, providing food and drink to Toggard the tar troll, who is continuing to bemoan his loss. Um, the party returned to Anwin's court where they were set their second task. To retrieve a cauldron lent to uh, Rhiannon, the matriarch of Rhiannon's Grove. Rhiannon's Grove is the nearest Wood Elf settlement. After attempting to sneak into Wood Elven territory, and really dumb in hindsight, <laughs> not uh, and, so and the Wood Elven sentries being particularly on uh, 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 <laughs> uh, on alert that particular day, the party. After a short engagement, were captured uh, with both uh, Corzin and Scamp downed, uh, and then briefly returned uh, from the edge of death. Scamp drugged into unconsciousness, Corzin merely, uh, merely somewhat uh, delirious and hazy. Uh, causing you are under the poisoned condition, so you have disadvantage to attacks and ability checks. Right, okay. hour. Uh, Celestia agreed to surrender her weapons and be transported by the wood elves uh, who had captured them and their, uh, apparently their captain, Neely, uh, back to the settlement of Rhiannon's Grove. As you are escorted through the thick pines, you find it almost impossible to keep track of where you are, save by the tracks that Celestia is leaving in the deep snow. Pines stretch identically in every direction, 
lit by golden light streaming through the tree trunks. You look down and you notice that the wood elves are escorting you. Uh, this would be Corzin and Celestia. Scamp is, as mentioned, unconscious. Leave almost no tracks in the snow. They're instead walking over the snow's surface with only the faintest of crunches. Their leather boots glisten with some sort of oil that seems to be muffling both sound and impact upon the crunchy white surface. Mm. In a manner not dissimilar to the way that Corzin's boots operate. Although Corzin does actually, although he makes no sound as opposed to almost no sound, he does leave a trail. The elves set a brisk pace, walking familiarly through the forest. Uh, you actually have to struggle a little to keep up, uh, Celestia, as you are still kind of trudging your way through resisting snow. But perhaps after 20 to 30 minutes of travel, you reach a point where the ground seems to rise up to form a wide, natural sort of earth bank covered with snow upon which there are pine trees growing. Your escort comes to a stop about 40 feet from the embankment and merely calls out a series of words softly in the uh, accented dialect of Elven that she speaks. The words, as far as you can tell, are chosen randomly. Pine, fox, stream. But you hear a call re uh, reply out from the embankment. Oak, hawk, stone. After waiting another 30 seconds, the escort brings you forward up the earthen ramp to the top of the bank. It's only as you reach the top of the ramp itself and the sound of your footsteps changes that you realise there is actually a wooden board painted to resemble snow that has been laid over the very top part of the ramp. Peering over the side of it, you can see there is a deep drop along the last 10 feet or so of the ramp everywhere except the hidden drawbridge that leads down into a spiked pit filled with snow. In fact, the apparently natural earth embankment is actually a quite a high wall, disguised to look like an earthen ramp uh, that would form naturally until someone gets close enough to possibly fall into the pit. You also notice a series of carefully concealed arrow slits in the wall, from which you heard the responding words. As you reach the top of the ramp, you step into a clear space uh, bordered by a surrounding wall, set back far enough to be invisible from beyond the ramp, and behind the wall, high pines. Although the very top of the pines have been preserved, most of the lower branches have been cleared away, leaving their exposed trunks to act as supporting pillars, to which have been attached struts and wooden walkways, covered by wooden hoardings with further arrow slits. A number of shadowy figures peer down from above, bows in hand. A solid wooden palisade surrounds the entryway, as mentioned, and in the midst of it is a beautifully carved set of solid, deep reddish maple gates, engraved with a complex pattern of knots, leaves and vines. After waiting a few moments, a pair of figures pull open the gate, allowing you entry into the settlement beyond. The whole of the settlement is concealed within the hollow of these outer walls, and with the aid of the surrounding forest, it leaves the entire locale invisible except from, a, uh, from the air. Although relatively clear compared to the thick forest beyond, there are still numerous trees standing free within Rhiannon's Grove. 
spaced out at irregular intervals are houses constructed from the few hardwood types that do grow in these parts, their beams and boards impeccably cut and shaped. Something about the architecture reminds you of the structure of mountains, with each house at least three storeys uh, tall, wide bases for the ground floor, and each floor above just a little bit smaller with a smaller footprint, and a sloped roof of wooden tiles in between the edge of the storey below and the start of the storey above. The tallest in the centre is a full six storeys high and all of the wooden beams on all of the houses have been extensively fretworked in repeating plant and animal designs, as if extensive attention was paid to every inch of this settlement's design. Many of the houses also have hanging trellises and window box gardens, giving the structures repeating green fringes. As you are marched towards the central house, which you notice has an arched roof supported by pillars with beautifully carved walls reminiscent of the archer towers that you've seen elsewhere on castles, so providing cover both from above and from the ground with space to shoot out from, you realise that there are no fields, as you might expect in a normal settlement. Instead, again scattered irregularly around, there are curious stepped structures akin to the houses which are filled with soil and lush greenery, as well as what you recognise as hardy winter gourds and other cold weather fruits and vegetables. Some sort of warm yellow light shines within the layers not directly exposed to the sunlight above, as if from a light source concealed in the ceiling of those, uh, of those levels. A number of wood elves, of which there must just be hundreds just going about their day-to-day -day business, stop and stare at your passing. Those that are not garbed in camouflaged armour bearing weapons, and there are plenty of those, seem to wear comfortable clothes of spun cloth and thick white fur, with a predominance of some like to wear long robes, others thick tunics, but again there is an emphasis on movement, uh, on some elements of practicality along with these design. Many of them do bear small subtle dec decorative stitching in silverish thread, but, again, they favour browns, greens, greys and whites for the majority of their clothing, as if to be able to blend in with their surroundings at a moment's notice. The guard escorts you the last few steps. There's, there are no obvious pathways, instead the ground below is just open grass, and you're led into the, to the base of the tallest of the structures. Merely turns to you, Celestia. Now then. Under the circumstances, uh, we might have to put your property in the kennels, uh, unless you particularly need them close at hand, as we don't uh, usually... Well, we don't usually keep prisoners. Is there a way I could know they're safe? Well, of course you have our I'd work. rather have them with me if possible. Uh, that would be highly irregular. Fair enough. Uh, make a persuasion check. Oh, God. On Ooh. the way here, can Causen have been doing what he can to 
get an idea of the direction they've headed in. Yeah, make a survival check. Bear also, in mind the disadvantage. I've just realised, bear in mind, gang, we've been speaking yeah. in Elvish. Yep. So you two don't understand what we're saying. Yep. I'm unconscious no, that's anyway. Fine. Yeah, just, I just realised <laughs> yeah, that, Yeah, like, you have just been hearing Prusnata Hilhrototokar. <laughs> or whatever Elvish sounds like. It sounds yeah. like Sims, apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Common> Snala. <laughs> Welsh Sims. So, so, so. <laughs> um, so persuasion uh, nineteen. She seems a little reticent. I mean, they can go in another room or something. I will clear it with the matriarch. Um, Please do if it's not okay. For now, uh, and she gestures to the other two elves. If you could uh, escort our guest and her. Uh, Belongings into one of the lower chambers. Mm. Sorry, they're just rather valuable, and you know. Well, I suppose if you brought them this far, I can understand. Yeah. She seems a little uncomfortable around the tiefling and uh, halfling, even if they are currently, as far as they can tell, unconscious. Yeah, well, you know, when you find skilled ones, you've really got to keep hold of them, haven't you? <sighs> yes, you. <laughs> I am. I am familiar with the uh, with, with your ways. My uh, my aunt has uh, uh, has mentioned uh, before the strangeness of drow uh, cultures, uh, but still... Uh, I was told about the strangeness of wood elves. <laughs> well, there's uh, many who f- fear what they don't understand. Yeah, I'd say that. So, uh, if you could just uh, escort them in, uh, and, they, uh, and she... Opens the doors and heads in. Uh, while you, while she's doing that, uh, Sammy, you can give me that survival check, please, with disadvantage because yep. you're poisoned. Okay, that's um. Oh, not too bad. Uh, that's a seventeen. Okay, you've been keeping a rough eye. You think you have a uh, you know what the direction you've taken. And you're reasonably sure that at the very least you could find Celestia's tracks again, and from okay. there know how to get back to uh, Anwen's court. Good to know. Uh, so you Good, because do... <laughs> if we'd relied on me to track, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> uh, Celestia, you are escorted uh, through a small hallway. Again, the interior is uh, supported by thick wooden pillars, beautifully planed uh, and just carved with extensive repeating motif fretwork. Every inch of the interior has be ha, ha, shows the artisan's touch. There are hanging tapestries uh, depicting... Again, there seems to be very little like history or similar depicted, but repeating motifs of plants and animals. Uh, although here and there you notice that some of the animals aren't necessarily what you'd expect. There is, for instance, a golden-tailed fox with black, uh, with a black head and paws that repeats mm. over and over. There is uh, what seems to be a tree with purple leaves uh, and roots that have thorns on them that repeats over and over. In fact, this is something that only cause and incest you could do, so both of you give me a perception check for as you are walking in. Okay. Hoo hoo, mate. Uh, five. That's <laughs> with disadvantage again. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifteen. <laughs> Causing, there is a moment where, where you happen to sneak an eye up at one of those tall, sort of uh, multi-storied farming kind of buildings. 
uh, and you swore and you saw atop one of them a tree a sort of a, a deciduous looking tree unlike the the pines out here with purple leaves uh, spread out over it and you kind of something about twigs you and you realize that might have been a spirit oh, oh okay a tree spirit hmm but mostly take most of the spirits you've seen have taken animal forms or slightly more incoherent forms like music or or colors or so Lights. on but yeah. it's yeah it's it doesn't seem impossible that there could be one um so as you so yes you are escorted along the corridor and into an adjoining room which is very comfortable uh there is a fire pit in the center there you, you notice that there is ventilation set into the room uh, to, uh up towards some sort of central chimney to keep the smoke out uh it's a small fire pit there are there is charcoal there just burning merrily away keeping the room uh very pleasantly warm uh, and you notice, however, that uh, that there is also for light, uh, as well as just the glow of the fire pit and some some light coming in from the windows, there is something unusually familiar for you, Celestia. Hanging from the ceiling is a small glass bowl in which is set uh, what appears to be a sort of brightly coloured yellowish sludge emitting a fairly strong yellowish light. It resembles oh, right. the blue fungus that drow use to light their homes, and that are very common in the Underdark. Although this one seems to put out more light. And it's more yellow. And is, and is yellowy rather than blue. But is it like fungus? Or... It seems to be, a, yeah, you would guess it's probably a fungus as oh, well. cool. Or something of that ilk. Mm. Mm. Um, as you, uh, there are wide benches set around the fireplace. There's, a, there's only one door, uh, door in or out. And although the nerve wracking, uh, <laughs> the guard does not follow you into the room. But after they deposit your two companions uh, and on one of the wide benches, which are covered in thick furs, mm -hmm. uh, just again neatly cut. Uh, you notice someone has actually patterned some of the furs as well. Uh, they close the door, and you just you do hear the sound of a lock uh, being turned, and you get and you just you faintly get the feeling that they're probably standing outside keeping watch. Mm. Nevertheless, you, Corzin, and uh, Scamp have now been deposited on these benches, for the moment alone. I sit pointedly a little bit away from them. Okay. Like, so I want lots of space for myself. Okay. Scamp, it's not quite been long enough for you to no. wake up yet. <laughs> You'll probably be out for a little while longer. Causing you again, not quite a not a lot long enough for you to shake off the poison either. Right. Okay. Are we um, under guard here? Uh, you get the feeling that there are guards outside, but not in the room with you. Okay, I'm going to attempt to try and uh, free myself from my uh, bindings. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone listening to us that we can that we are aware of? Give me a perception check. Fuck it, God, eight. <laughs> you don't know. There's, there's like, there's no way to really see what to uh, hear. You know that these guys are pretty quiet, mm -hmm. so it could be that they're listening or not. Yeah, yeah. I um, lean over to cause in very briefly, and just say, um, in Joven, obviously. Hmm. I think I'm going to have to be a bit of a dickhead here. Just bear with me. And 
uh, like as yeah. quietly as possible, but again, yeah. microphone problems, so can't whisper. Give yeah. me, uh, if you are escaping, attempting to escape, give me an acrobatics check with disadvantage because you're poisoned. Yeah. Okay. Ice cream dice don't fail me now. <laughs> are you like escaping? Like, would I see? You. No. What I'm attempting to do is I'm attempting, uh, and I, I will, you know, preface this. Actually, mm. I'm. I'm attempting to um, free myself from the uh, the hand ties behind me, but remain with my hands behind my back, just so that like they are the free should I yeah. need yeah. to use them. But uh, I, you know, I appear hopefully to all outward inspection like I haven't changed. Mm. Okay, so the second one. Okay, acrobatics. That's a thirteen. These are pretty well tied. Uh, I'll say you you managed to you kind of work quietly loosening them uh, over the next five minutes, but you're not quite able to un to get them off or, you know, loose enough to escape by the time that you hear the, do the lock turning in the door. By the time that turns, I'm sat far away from them again, yeah. like the other end of the bench. Okay. So. Um, there we go. As the door, t uh, as the lock turns, and the door opens. Uh, the you see a. It's hard to say that they're a young elf because after a certain point, all elves just look young. They look like elves. Yeah, mm. but there's something <laughs> yeah. about the bearing of this elf that makes you think they're fairly young. Maybe mm. a little older than you, Celestia, but like you know, not past their first century. Mm. Um, and this elf is dressed again in like a slightly, I would say more like a coat than a robe. It only goes down to about their their knees, uh, and they're dressed in just rather than the strictly camouflaged uh, coloring of a lot of the elves you've seen outside. This uh, particular elf, um, male, again the slightly dusky skin of the uh, uh, of the wood elves, not covered in camouflage paint, mm. uh, but with short, uh, russety sort of hair, uh, steps in, uh, and he is carrying a tea tray, mm -hmm. uh, just a beautifully carved wooden tray with a ceramic pot in the uh, which is just steaming slightly and a pair of small uh of just little uh, earthenware cups uh and again you know these have been glazed beautifully painted like are they like little tiny ones like yeah for chinese like, like, tea in china, sort of like for chinese tea okay cool. uh, very very uh, and they uh he sets them uh, he kind of brings in a small sort of little, like a like a little coffee table, mm. and puts them, uh, sets them on there. Doesn't say anything, gives you a, a low bow. I bow back and steps out. Uh, you can just see the two guards st still standing outside. Door close. Uh, the door uh, remains open, and another figure steps through. And again, elves are kind of hard to tell their age. But you've spent your life around elves. And you know that this one is old. She, her like face, super old. Her face is unlined, as uh, elves, elven faces are. To a human eye, she could be in her 30s or early 40s. But her hair is silver. There are just a few strands of russet red still left in it. And, she ca and there, is, there is the look of centuries to her eyes. Again, she has the sort of deep, 
uh, earth, uh, the sort of earthy uh, colouring of his skin seems to just be the the the, the, you know, the local um, uh, skin colour around here, and um, she is wearing a again one of these short sort of uh, robes, more like coats, with but she has deep a deep red tunic and uh, leggings beneath high boots in black leather uh actually this wouldn't be black it would be a deep it would be a deep brown uh and her coat is uh white with black yes it would be black edgings with silver uh thread high uh, repeating patterns along the hems and the hems of the boots also have this pattern she moves in and she sort of almost glides she moves with such grace Mm. Uh, and gives you a slight incline of the head. I return it. Meets your eyes for a moment. Takes a seat. Welcome to my grove. I am Rhiannon, and these are my lands. Celestia Stardust, nice to meet you. An unusual name. Mm. Hmm. <clears throat> I must confess it has been almost two centuries now since one of your uh, kind last visited us. Goodness, that long. Indeed. Hmm. If... Well, before we get to business... If you would, and she gestures to the tea set. I'll have to untie my hands for that. Of but course. yes. <laughs> if you would, and she extends her uh, hand to yours. Mm -hmm. I put them out. She draws, she flicks her wrist, and a small knife comes out from the. Uh, the I don't flinch. The I determinedly don't <laughs> the flinch. The shirt and just slices the rope with one uh, 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 slice. Twists her wrist again, the knife disappears. I. Very practicedly poor tea. Okay. She waits for you to finish pouring and then uh, picks up one. <sighs> to the gods. To the gods. Taps tea, mm. it sips it. It's um, it's a little bitter, but kind of spicy sort of green tea. Mm. Uh, there's a bit of a smoky undertaste to it. Yeah, this isn't far off what we have at home. Mm. Bit spicier ours, but similar. Indeed. I acquired a taste for it uh, when uh, the last drow uh, came up. She brought oh, us right. she brought a small amount of the tea with her. Fierce sort. Very um given to fights. Didn't Hi. show much respect at first. I'm glad to see that you're not making her mistake. Oh, sorry to hear that. Well that is alright. Always a shame when our kind don't respect each other. I know we have our differences, but... No. When it comes down to it. That is most important. She was uh, given to challenging everyone, uh, everyone. She ended up getting in the better part of seven duels before someone seven finally knocked duels. her unconscious. Goodness. Do you remember her name? Ah, yes. Um, I, <laughs> In fact, I spent a number of years with her. Uh, oh. After she... Uh, after we roundly beat her, uh, spirited though her uh, 
fighting was. She'd not yet learned proper technique. She spent seven years with us uh, learning our ways and how we fight. Oh. Uh, yes, uh, I think her, yes, her name was Naivara. Uh, she was uh, very, she had learned a great deal of dignity and respect by the time she'd finished. I was sad Did to see her go. Did surname? Quite a common name, Naivara. Um, yes, I believe it was uh, Rothenal. Oh, right. Yes. No one I know, I'm afraid. Hmm. But, uh, no, she, it was, um, it was a fine experience to actually meet more of our cousins from beneath the surface. Uh, I confess I had started to grow quite close to her by the time she returned, but I understand she had her own business beneath the, beneath the surface. Well, I mean, most people have heard of the Rothnalls, as I understand it. They're usually quite busy, aren't they? Powerful sorts. I wouldn't know. We don't really uh, maintain much contact. Ah, but forgive me, I'm being rude. Uh, would you like us to prepare one of your uh, one of your uh, slaves for the feast? Um, well, they're kind of valuable. I'm sort of on a mission to take them back below for a specific purpose, so unfortunately, I can't give up one of them. I do apologise. Are you sure? It is. We would. Um, we would be very happy to honour you by uh, sacrificing one of them. I know, as much as I'd love to, they are for very specific purposes. I've uh, been sent on a scouting mission for people with particular skills. You know how it is. Took a long time to find them. Forgive me if this is a bit um, direct, but... Is it the eating thing? I know that uh, I know that it can be a bit of an issue, but I assure you it's a profoundly spiritual experience. Um, I mean, I don't judge you for it. It's not, it's not something we particularly do below, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Well, I suppose I must, uh, I suppose I uh, might as well respect your wishes in that sense. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That's quite all right. Thank you for the tea and the, uh, the welcome. No, no, of course. It is a shame. Really, though, I must encourage you, next time you kill one of your opponents, do try at least eating the heart. It is, it makes a most, it is most pleasing to the spirits. The spirits? Yes. Huh. She doesn't seem to have reacted to the rainbow spirit or anything else around you, by the way. Oh, okay, that's yeah. what I was wondering. I was yeah. wondering if she was looking at them. Yeah, no, she, she doesn't seem to have reacted to them. Really. I will bear that in mind. Thank you. Yes. Always interesting to talk um, local customs. Well, yes. I confess I've always found it most perplexing that you can tolerate uh, the lesser races. But, of course, that was... Well, they're all right if you put them in the right places, you know? Mm. Some of them are skilled. Yes, but can you re is it really worth it? I mean, we've always felt that the sacrifice of purity... Well... Do, would you permit me a debate? I used to get, Why in, not? I used to get very heated with Naivara over these. <laughs> it has always been our stance that by relying on the lesser races, you dilute yourself. You could learn valuable skills by doing things your own way rather than relying upon their labour. I suppose that's a fair point of view. Down in the Underdark, we've always felt that we remain pure, you know, if we don't 
gods forbid, breed with them or anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, no. that would be terrible. Um, but Our always... are an abomination and should be killed at birth. I mean, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> was, that was that was an out of character laugh. That did not happen in character. In character, I am fine. Okay, um, I'm unconscious. It's fine. <laughs> um, but um, Coulson's quietly thinking to himself, "I really hope she doesn't meet Veeg." Um, no, I mean, this you is all in You can't understand. I'm talking which, to be honest, I'm really yeah. glad about because I don't think Coulson would do well in this situation. Um, but. What? I'm so sorry, what have we just said? Uh, she's talking about uh, uh, not, not meeting with the half elves. Oh, but, yeah. Yes. I mean, we've always felt that, I mean, if the gods have seen fit to let the other races exist, then they must have their purpose, you know? Hmm. Worth keeping them at arm's length, because purity is everything, but well, they're surely they're there for something, aren't they? You see, that was, uh, that was the cause of the Great Schism. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Well, different... Uh, Different philosophies for where elven kind should go. We've always believed that in an ideal world we would wipe out the lesser races. Preserve a pure elven world as it always should be. But I mean that would be nice, but well, it's quite a lot of them and not very few, not very many of us, you know. Mm. So for, until the time comes we remain here in these places and do our duties to the spirits. Mm, quite. And they help keep us pure and strong. Mm. Has been hard of late, but um How so? Oh, if you don't mind me asking, I realise that's quite personal. Sorry. Mm. An interested sort. Make a persuasion check. Uh dirty twenty. She nice. takes a long sip, finishes her cup of tea and gestures for you to pour another. Yeah, I, I've assumed yeah, that I've yeah, been periodically pouring tea, while, while as you do with yeah, those tiny yeah. Chinese tea cups. <laughs> <laughs> I confess, we have been without our seer for a number of decades now. Yeah, that's a shame. It is hard to correctly interpret the spirit's will without her. Well, um, we do our best, but uh, we're sort of essentially following what was written down without someone who can speak with them directly. I mean, I can actually see spirits. If you'd, hmm. if you'd want help from somebody of my birth, perhaps we could come to some sort of arrangement. <laughs> my dear... Uh, Celestia. Yes. It is not your birth that is the problem. It is your customs, but that is fair, fair. <laughs> Perhaps, in truth, I would um, much prefer to have uh, her back. What happened? I made... Um, I made a bargain a long time ago with one of the lords of the fairy that live in these parts. Uh. Bronwyn, <laughs> that was her name, agreed to provide certain services for a period of 20 years uh, as Unwin requested in exchange 
for uh, a very useful artifact of his, a cauldron. Mm. It uh, has a number of uses, amongst other things. Uh, it allows me, it makes it a great deal easier to produce many of the alchemical ingredients we use on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. When the period finished, Anwen insist, uh, Anwen insisted that I continue to provide Bronwyn's services and he and also give him back the cauldron. I refused. Well, that seems unfair. Indeed. I mean, of him. He decided upon himself that if I was going to keep the cauldron, he was going to keep my daughter. She's kind of just staring into her teacup. Do you know where she is? I know exactly where she is. She is in Anwen's court. His prisoner. Right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm unconscious and I can't understand this. Yeah. So <laughs> you, like, Colson, you were just hearing... Anwin. Anwin. You're kind of recognising, like, names, but... Right, yeah, I was going to say, have I got enough understanding to pick out... Oh, that's a proper noun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, shit, just thinking out of character, how blunt should I be here? What if you gave him the cauldron back? Would he give her back? <laughs> if that were an arrangement I thought he would accept, perhaps, but... Anwen is tricksy, as all of his kind are. I knew mm. that going into the bargain, but I thought I had worded it well enough. That's always the trick with these things. Clear wording and considerations. But I suspect if I were to offer him up the cauldron, he would come up with another excuse to simply take it and keep Bronwyn also. I would mount an attack against his... Uh, against his household, but he has the power of many incarnates there, and the fairies would likely inflict more losses than I am willing to sustain upon my people. They are quite the force. It is said that it is almost impossible to enter his halls without an invitation. I sent... well, I did not send her brother. He went of his own will to try and sneak in and never came back. I would not send in anyone to sneak in unless they or, or unless they somehow managed to swindle their way into an invitation into his halls. Well, this is where I think I should start being blunt with you. Her eyes um. look up from the teacup and kind of piercingly lock with yours. I'm currently embroiled with Anwin myself. Her eyes narrow. We need favour from him. 
and the reason I mention this is because I have been invited into his halls. I can go in there whenever I like. Hmm. In order to get this favour from him that I need, I have to do three favours in return. The, that's why you don't ask for a favour. You try to, you ask to arrange a bargain. I've had bargains before. It hasn't worked out well. There are different, there are drawbacks and uh, benefits to both approaches. Do you know where in those, in his place she is? No. I have never, no one I've sent in has come back, but I know that he would keep her alive because it's not in his nature. He'd think it was funnier. Yes. Sorry to say, but that's who he is, isn't it? All of the fairy are most concerned with their own amusement. Well, the thing is, to be blunt with you, he wants his cauldron back. (laughs) And... I'm wondering if there's some way I could take it back and let your daughter out for you. If we could make a deal with that. He hasn't expressed, he hasn't forbid me to. He hasn't told me I can't let your daughter out, so technically I'm not flouting anything if I do that. Hmm. She kind of... I'd be happy to. Obviously, though, you would be trusting me with that. Don't know if you would. Roll a persuasion check. Oh, God. Mm. Better be fucking good, mate. Jesus. Oh, that is good. That's a 25. Oh, yes. She just she holds your gaze oh, for a long time. For, for a good 20 seconds. Pour the tea again, would you? Of course. I pour the tea. She waits until you finish pouring. I picks it up. carefully pass her a, a small cup. Swirls it. I will not give you my cauldron, but if you can bring my daughter back, I will trade it to you for her. For all that it is, has been powerful and useful, I would give anything. You, um, seem young. I assume you do not have children of your own? No, I don't. If you ever do, you will know that you would do anything. You would change the world itself if it would make things better for them. Hmm. She drains her teacup, places it down. Very well then. I will give word to the guards to permit you to leave when you will. Thank you. If you wish, you may rest here for a time. There are uh, some provisions that we can make available, should you require them, but uh, in the interests of my people, uh, they would be available for trade, uh, should you wish to. We... As Actually, I, we could do with some rations. I wouldn't mind trading for those. Fair enough. Uh, how many days would you be looking for? For um, you and your property? Five days a week, something like that. Hmm. A week's rations. Very well. As for uh, anything more substantial, we do have potions uh, of a variety and other s- such things. Uh, 
What sort of things would be useful to you? I don't suppose you've got any fire-breathing potion, have you? Yes, we have such a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you trade for here? In truth, we do not trade much, uh, except with the other elven settlements. That's what I thought, so I wasn't sure if gold would be what you'd want. Hmm? Would you want gold? No, gold is of little use to us. Hmm. But um, if you have, I suppose, um, not just gold coins, perhaps. We do like, we have more of a use for things like jewellery and such. I've got some jewellery. That is now, that is something we can talk more about. I could also um, have a check-in on your spirits if you'd want. Yes, that would be that would be good. Um, if you have any potions of healing, that would be particularly useful to us as well. We have we'll ample potions of healing. We grow, <laughs> we grow the, uh, we grow many of the plants that provide those uh, uh, those effects. And she kind of gestures vaguely out the window, but you get the feeling she's gesturing towards the farming towers, mm. for want of a better word. Um, well, let's take a look at. Uh, what you have okay so i'm going to be a little blunt here tell me tell me roughly how many uh, how much of your jewelry you are willing to trade let me have I'll a look t- how much i've and got and i'll tell you what she's willing to offer you i've got 150 in jewelry um oh. you've actually got more than that because you've also got the loot the jewelry loot. oh i've got a thousand yeah. gold worth of treasure you've got well. uh, she will trade for the treasure like she, she okay f- things like pla- uh, things like crockery and so on are useful to her like i might say value. like like up to 50 gold worth but like less if it's cheaper you know i mean for potions or for for potions like i don't know how much potions are i'm sorry i forget more than 50 okay Uh, um, so for well like you kind of take out you know a nice piece of jewel a a, a nice set of gold jewelry studded necklace studded with peridotes uh like how how much would you i'm going to take the chest out and be like how much would you want for that well she picks up a gold piece of like the gold necklace studded with i think a gates we'll say yeah uh, uh which is worth 50 gold pieces and she says well this is a fine piece i'd be willing to offer you four uh healing potions for that hopefully that would be great that's thank you fucking excellent rate really really that's, good that's really cheap yeah you are you are literally at the alchemy specialists here <laughs> bargain yep. potion basement. bargain potion <laughs> prices four healing potions it's happy hour. I the say it's like a quarter yes, of the price, please. or something, yeah. isn't it? It's really uh, half good. the price. Half the price. No, actually, no, no, it's, no. That's a quarter. Yeah, it's like a quarter of the I price. Think they're about fifty gold. Price. Like... Yeah, fifty gold is the market rate. Yeah. No, that's excellent. Um, that would be great. Um, but they don't get a lot of jewelry here. And, <laughs> fair yeah. enough. Um, as for those uh, fire-breathing potions you were looking for, mm-hmm. I have a few. Uh, Let's see what I have there. And she's sort of thinking. She taps her finger against her chin, thinking for a moment. When you're off a potions, you don't just buy sensible ones. Yeah. <laughs> yep. P. I need to go earlier. There we go. <laughs> uh, she thinks. Well, we do have a few. Let's see. We do have the fire. The fire breathing ones. Uh, we've got a, a few of those I could make available. There's occasional use for those. Those are a little uh, bit uh, more difficult, I would say. 
Yes, uh, if you had maybe equivalent to a couple of those per one of those. So basically, okay. show 100 gold pieces worth of treasure per fire-breathing potion. I will buy one. Yeah. Uh, we also find that these are quite useful. Uh, and she pretty... Uh, and while she she's actually... No, after you suggest this, she snaps her... She claps her hands and uh, issues a few short orders. And uh, after about 10 minutes of waiting... Uh, the a case is brought down with just a selection of potions inside mm -hmm. and she's actually picking out potions and giving them to you as you're trading and you can see they're all stoppered in uh, uh, they're all stoppered in for the most part ceramic bottles but they're labelled in elven oh cool uh, so they're opaque but you can open them and see what's inside and, mm -hmm. uh, they're pretty standard sort of potion vials uh, sized as well uh, so uh, yes we make use of these oils as well and she produces mm -hmm. a small jar uh, and it's like a little ointment jar. There's about there's a half a dozen uses in this, mm -hmm. uh, and she kind of works out an amount of jewelry that would basically be equivalent to three hundred gold pieces. Uh huh. This what is does it do? this is what we smear uh, we when we need to engage in uh, scouting and we want to be extra careful to be sure not to be tracked. We you uh, you can find that if you smear this upon your footwear. Uh, it should reduce the sound you make and ensure that you can move without leaving obvious tracks. So How long does it work for? It should last for... It, they last for about 24 hours. Mm. Oh, 300 gold is such a lot, though, isn't yeah, it? You get six, that's an out-of-character yeah, comment, but that's not in character. If applied to your footwear, which takes... Uh, I'm going to say it takes a minute, because mm -hmm. you've got to rub it solidly in. Uh, the ointment, uh, this oil call, uh, make, means that you make no sound while moving and you leave no tracks. I might leave that one for now. That's quite alright. But I may take you up on it later. We'll see. Uh, as for other options, we do of course have a number of poisons available as well. Uh, I think I'm alright for poisons, That's thank you. That's alright. Uh, otherwise, uh, let me see. Ah, yes, and, uh, well, we do have one of these. They're, uh, particularly, uh, let me see, it pulls out a couple, yeah, we do have one of, uh, one of these. They're, um, particularly difficult to put together because the creature that produces them we are uh, is quite rare when we do kill one we got a lot of them but we tend to ration them out mm -hmm. this is um this is a little panacea i don't she know what that up, is i'm afraid uh and she uncorks and this one she uncorks the bottle and you can see there's a sort of gently glowing white liquid inside mm -hmm. uh just like quite like moonlight on snow sort of glow uh and she says well I'm not going to lie. This would not. This is not cheap, at all. Mm -hmm. She names a price which is basically two thousand gold Fucking pieces. Fucking hell! This um, this remove uh, this will cause you to restore any vitality you have lost. Uh, it will cure any disease, any poison, and uh, and restore your blood over the next day. Yeah, basically, this is a potion of vitality when drunk. It removes all exhaustion levels, mm. cures all diseases, all poisons, and you always regain. And for the next twenty-four hours, you regain the maximum number of hit points for any hit die you spend. Mm. Cool. Yeah. 
well, that's really good. It's also stupidly expensive. Oh yeah, I'm not yeah. buying one like, yeah, under but, any circumstances. She offers it. I'm sorry, not um trying to be enough. a bit bit frugal at the moment. This is done. Uh and then she also takes uh, just like a small. She takes a couple of uh, a couple of uh, ang- of just like interesting bracelets and some cups. Call it another ten gold pieces worth of treasure uh, for rations. For is rations, that also. And she provides you with because Fighty told us to get food, yep. so yeah. <laughs> let's do it. She provides you with a, for one person four week. Uh, so for one person, it would be a month's worth of rations. Uh-huh. So thirty days. So you know, thirty so days. So for four people. So between four people, it's more like seven days. So it's just under a week, um, and it is composed of a mixture of thickly baked, very nutty bread, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of reminiscent of cram, but a lot, uh, but, but, but like nice a lot cram. tastier. Yeah. Uh, pemmican, <laughs> high quality cram. Yeah. yeah. Pemmican, what which that? is mm. uh, uh, which is fat ground meat. Uh, which has been heavily smoked, but we're not going to think about what meat that berries. is. Hmm. Uh, it is incre- It is. It, it is an incredibly high calorie food, great for hmm. wilderness exploring, uh, as well as uh, uh, all wrapped up in uh, uh, up in broad leaves, uh, as well as uh, a set of heavy kind of water uh, leather water skins full of uh, clear and slightly sweet tasting water. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Again, enough hmm. for about seven days. Yeah, but four. like fresh water, that yeah, would be fine. Really yeah. fresh water. Very well then. If I, with that in mind, to the next thing, uh, allow me to bring you to the shrine. Of course. She leads you out, along with a coterie of guards, uh, into the town. And again, people kind of stop and stare at the procession. I'm actually going to say that as your uh, as all of this trading has been happening, Scamp, you as as the trading is concluding, Scamp, uh, Scamp, you start to wake up and cause, and you've kind of shrugged off most of the exhaustion now. Okay, cool. Yeah, having that kind of tea takes a while. Yeah. <laughs> Still poisoned, or no? Poison is worn off. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, Scamp, you regain consciousness. Yay! Groggily coming to you on a really nice bench in front of a really warm fire. Oh. We're going to have a nap. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> That's the cutest. <laughs> uh, Celestia, you notice that the coming, uh, scamp coming too. If you want mm. to do or say anything, otherwise... I'm still with Rihanna, aren't I? I yeah, Rihanna's really. still there. Yeah, so, I'm not doing yeah. anything. She stands as... Ah, would you like us to put your slaves in the kennels? Or did you want... <gasps> you, I, uh, m- I my, assume ne- pref- my niece said you'd prefer to keep them close. Um, close-ish. Like, another room is fine. But I know you... I wouldn't ask you to take them into the temple. That would seem No, terrible. how well-trained are they? Very well. She steps behind both of you and again flicks her wrist, slices the bonds off both. Very well, then. Be sure they don't run about or I can't be responsible in case one of my guards kills them mm-hmm. and eats their heart. Yeah. I say to them both in Joven, <laughs> yeah. now you're going to have to be very good, otherwise I can't promise you won't get into trouble here, so please behave yourselves. Mm. Good. <laughs> Corson just mutely nods and averts his eyes. <laughs> very well then, with us, 
and again leads you out uh, in this impromptu procession. They don't speak Elven, by the way, so you can say anything in front of them. It's fine. Oh, I wasn't going to not. Hmm. No. I uh, didn't know how private you were. And uh, she leads you out through the town, through a slightly right winding route to the edge of the settlement. And you can see there is a cluster of pine trees uh, around uh, uh, here, still within the, the sort of earthen walls. And she leads you in between them. You can see that uh, there are other trees here, many of which are, uh, many of which seem to have a strange quality to them. Some of the trees here resemble the more deciduous trees that you've seen elsewhere, for example, in Slavitska's Isle. But they have a more sinuous, graceful quality to their limbs. Uh, their barks are silvery and many of them have leaves which seem unusual colours for the surface. Rather than uh, being bare, they, these trees are full are full bowed, but they the leaves are so many are green, but some tint towards blue, others towards red or pink or even purple in places. Mm. And as you walk in, the, it seems that the light outside, as it is still sunlight outside, dims. It's as if you're walking again through the very deep woods. Here and there, small lights just float in the distance and amongst the trees. You find your, you are escorted quietly, no one speaks, into the very centre of this grove, where there is a pool of crystal clear still water, over which hangs a tree, uh, not dissimilar to an oak, but with bright purple, slightly pink tinted leaves. And, and you see its roots are covered with thorns that dig into the pool. Mm. Celestia and Corzin, you see the tree move in a straight, in a wind that you don't quite, that doesn't seem to come from anywhere. Scamp, the tree just is a tree. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, the tree rustles and moves in a wind, scattering just small motes of purple light down. And from amongst its roots, you see the spiritual, the spirit-like uh, uh, form of a fox, red-bodied, golden-tailed, with black paws and a black face. The fox crawls up out from a hole beneath the hollows of the uh, tree's roots, pads around the edge of the crystal clear water, and sits up on its hind leg, uh, sort of, you know, on its haunches, looks up at you, First Celestia, then at you, Corzin, then at Scamp. I give it a bow. Seems the thing to do. It regally inclines its head, and you see. I follow suit. You see the bows above also sweep downwards, scattering more of these motes before ascending up again. 
The you hear the tree kind of rustle and creak, and the creaking forms words. Who are you that comes to our grove? Celestia Stardust. Nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. Was invited in by Rhiannon. I see a cloak of lies around you like a shield, keeping you warm from the cold. What language is this in? This is in, um, this is actually in, uh, this is a curious language. It seems to be in uh, a language that you don't quite understand, but meaning is being translated through. It's basically speaking spirit. It's speaking spirit. Cool. Uh, no, just, just clarifying. Corzin also understands a shred of this as well. And then it turns... I don't say anything yeah. back. I just look at it. The the fox Whoa. looks to you, Corzin, and you hear the, uh, the, the trees groan forth. And who are you? Corzin Jorges, at your service. The A couple of the uh, elves look suddenly yeah. at Corzin. I... Sharply and Jovan say, Okay, don't talk too much, don't get any ideas. Give him a meaningful look. Sorry, you said speak when spoken to. Okay, I'll give you that. I see a child struggling against a storm. And you, and it, and the fox looks to Scamp. Scamp, you can't see this. Can I hear it? Uh, you kind of feel yourself looking up at this tree for some reason. You're not really sure why. Um, and but the other two hear it ask, "Who are you?" Their name is Scamp. I see silver light shattered. The fox looks back towards you, Celestia. It has been too long since one of those who stand between has come to us. Longer still since one of those who burn within. Have you come to honor us? How would I honor you? By saying the words that honor us, by burning sweet-smelling incense, by ensuring that all know us and remember us, in the way we wished. 
to be known and remembered. I'm not going to be here for long. No. But I can tell Rhiannon how you'd like to be remembered. She can't see you, but that doesn't mean she can't remember you. And hopefully you'll see her will be back soon. She knows well the words that were laid down for those who do not stand between. But she cannot respond when things happen. She cannot address changes or incursions upon our woods. She cannot carry out our will as anything more than rote service. We would prefer another to stand between and be the bridge. Hopefully I'll be able to bring you someone. The one who used to be here. Ah, yes. We recall that one. She lives now, I see, in a place between the light and dark, in a place of fire. But she stands upon the precipice and might yet be brought back. Right. Do you know how I would do that? Mm. You must tread quietly, bypass the fat guardians, and retrieve her, whole or part. From there, we can guide Rhiannon the rest of the way. Mm. If you will serve up as our bridge for such time until the other one is returned by that by that right. Hmm. Would I need to stay here to be your bridge? You would need to guide Rhiannon in how to restore the lost one. Can you tell me? I cannot tell you, but I can guide you if you bring her here. Okay. Mm. I can do that. Good. It is too long since we were well honoured. And I shall be glad to hear their voice again. It will be a long time before the next bridge is born within this place. 
Okay. The tree shudders and more of these lights flit, just flitter down. Is this spirit uh, comparable in age, do you think, to the uh, the big sea the spirit that was... Yeah. Make a religion check. <laughs> okay. That's a four. <laughs> I mean, you know that it's a lot more a lot older and more potent than the ambivalent octopus or the pride spirit mm. okay um, you don't know where along the sliding scale between pride spirit and the giant whale that was trapped in a, a parrot uh, this entity is <laughs> How is that a sentence we can say on this fucking podcast? That's ridiculous. Somewhere in on that scale. Right. Okay. Probably towards the higher end. How are our spirits responding to this? Actually, that's a good question. Yeah. They all of them. The ambivalent octopus has bowed its head low. The others. uh, The the pride spirit is fluttering but with a more kind of regal balance respectfully respectfully. yeah fluttering respectfully respectfully. (laughs) they seem subdued they're like they uh, yeah like they know there's a bigger one in the room there's a pecking order here yeah interesting and they're also hugging quite tightly to you as well is there anything you'd like me to tell Rhiannon before I go No. Okay. Right. She has not told the stories in some time of the way that... And he says a word in Elven, and it is in Elven, uh, so causing you don't quite understand it. Okay. Uh, but Celestia, to you, it sounds like black. It translates to black paw. Black paw. Black paw. I thought you said black paw for a second. Yeah, <laughs> black paw. I heard black paw. Has not told us the story of black paw. I want to hear yeah, about the illuminations. I'm desperate. Um, I'm so sorry, American <laughs> listeners. That's going to mean fuck uh, yeah. all to you. I'm so sorry. Blackpool is and the rest of the world. Blackpool yeah. is, yeah. is a tacky seaside town yeah. with amazing it's Christmas great. lights. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell the tale. She's not told the stories of. I've read fucking Blackpool. Like, <laughs> oh, <for fuck's> sake. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'll write down the name. I've written fucking Blackpool. Fucking Blackpool. Hell. Blackpool. Yeah, cool. He has not told the tales <laughs> of Blackpool's cunning wit in some time. And I do wrong to hear him speak again. You notice the fox looks kind of put out and annoyed, and is giving is giving Rhiannon a glare that she's completely unaware of. You want me to ask her to? To. I will. Ah, one last thing. And the tree reaches down with a long branch and touches Scamp on the forehead. Scamp. You feel a strangeness pour through you and then a familiar sensation. Mm. Roll a d100. Oh no. Oh shit. Oh. 
twice and pick the result you prefer. Oh Ooh, dear. Okay, let me just oh, get no. the wild magic up. Okay. I'm just mm-hmm. going to give you the wild magic table. I've got it here somewhere. Cool. It, it would load features and trades. Wild magic surge. <laughs> so we have... No. Um. So what was the first one? The first one was 32. <laughs> Which one is that? Transported to the astral plane. Fucking hell, no. So no. <laughs> uh, or 79, butterflies and petals. Yes. Okay. Yes, please. <laughs> as, the, uh, there, as you feel the strangeness go, then you, you see uh, the spirit pull away its, uh, its branch and suddenly just... <laughs> Scamp flashes and is just surrounded by brightly coloured butterflies and flower petals, which just shimmer in the air around them. Again, a number of the elves like look over. Just, I just I like, say in Elven, clear the spirits are smiling upon us. What a mm-hmm. what a great day! Oh god, can you imagine if it was fireball? Oh dear. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah. Sorry I set your sacred grove on fire. Oh lord, <laughs> that would that would be the end. Like we'd yeah, it would be we're fucked. All dead, yeah. yeah, we're all dead. So we'd have to just find the cauldron and just run away. That has now reset tides. Yeah. Um well, I have I, I have one more question. Speak. What do I call you? Hmm. You may call me. The tangled thorn that wraps around the throat of the unwary. <laughs> Bit of a mouthful, that. Or Brian to his friends. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hear this sort of slightly exasperated <laughs> sigh uh, from, uh, from it. Uh, or you may call me Brian. <laughs> Briar. That's better. Briar. Briar is so much better than Briar. Briar. Thank you. I will refer to you to others as the first thing, but if I want to talk to you, Dude. I know what to call you. That was a... You would say a pet name between myself and the seer. Thank you for letting me use it. I appreciate it. I'll try and get you your seer back. Do. And the tree creaks and resumes its position in the non-spiritual world. The fox flicks its ears, gives one last kind of a shady kind of look at uh, uh, at uh, Rhiannon and then scampers back around the pool and into the roots of the tree. All right. I sort of gesture to Rhiannon that we should leave. She nods. Uh, she gives. Yeah, she gives a very slight bow this time, like almost an inclination of the head, <laughs> but deeper than the one she gave you at first. And you all quietly exit the grove. Once you're out of the grove, she turns to you. So, what? What did it say? What did they say? I mean, it's missing your daughter. Oh, she size a little they want her back um, and they're willing to help of course 
I don't want to scare you, but I think she might be in some sort of state. The spirits, they, they could see her. So they know she's alive, but they said she was in an in-between space and that they could bring her back if I brought back whatever I could find of her. I see. They said they could help me do it. Very well, then. Also, um... Sorry to say this, but you need to tell the story of Blackpaw more. Blackpaw's cunning wit. What, the, the children's stories? Yeah, the fox is pissed off with you. Oh, I didn't actually think that was important. <laughs> it, it is. They need you to tell the stories. Right, okay. Um, uh, Fetch one of the singers. Apparently, uh, the spirits have some requests. <laughs> <laughs> they request some weird things. Spirits will as spirits will. Mm. But, the but that is the way of the gods. It is. And we are blessed to live amongst them. Yes, we are. Very well, then. You have your supplies. You have your mission. We will await your return. Thank you. And the guards will ensure that your return is more gentle than your first arrival. Yes, apologies for that. You uh, you've made us jump a bit. <laughs> In truth, uh, they would have uh, killed you all there and then if they hadn't spotted you. Mm. <laughs> so That seems fair. Probably for the best, for the sake of uh, preserving your property. Mm. Well then, go with the gods. You too. And you are... Celestia has no idea what you say in return to that. Awkwardly <laughs> escorted back out up to the up to the murder hall type area. <laughs> back in to, utter silence. Yeah, yeah. Down the, 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 the drawbridge is extended. The concealed drawbridge is extended. You awkwardly walk down the, uh, uh, the down the path. Uh, a pair, a, a, an escort of guards marches you a good 15 minutes in silence away before back to your old tracks before leaving you <laughs> and stalking away so they seem nice um <laughs> no cauldron then we will get a cauldron right. but um are we far enough away that definitely no one can hear us you no, you like doesn't say anything. i'm assuming you like you walk for a good three we, four minutes I, first and then yeah. Yeah. if yeah. anyone yeah. talks before we get like far away i'm oh, like yeah, no, shush I'm super <laughs> yeah um so now i'm talking in joven yeah. sorry about that I'm sorry. You, you had to. Yeah, that was the only way I could think of to not get you both killed, so I'm sorry for talking to you like you were fucking idiots. You're fortunate I know how a person like would behave idiot. in that situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you for that. I appreciated the um, cooperation, because I know that can't have been brilliant. Um, so, we're further along than we were, but we're still a bit fucked, to be honest. Okay. Um, so, what's her daughter's name? I'm so sorry. Bronwyn. Bronwyn. My brain was just going Anwyn. It's not Anwyn, it's Bronwyn. Okay, cool. Um, so, good news, bad news. Good news is I have a way for us to get the cauldron. Great. So that's good. Bad news is, um, so basically they used to have a seer there. Um, as causing you will have picked up scamp I'm sorry you can't hear the spirits so that was probably just really weird for a bit um, but oh, basically my sweets. Oh, oh well maybe when we go back <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the, the, the petals finally wink out. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, uh, Anwyn took her daughter for a while in exchange for the cauldron, which is apparently weirdly all magical and stuff. And um, then he wanted the cauldron back, but he didn't want to give her daughter back. So now they're at a sort of stalemate. And um, seeing as the spirit said that the daughter was somewhere in between life and death, I'm inclined to think that she might be that wood elf that they keep serving up for dinner. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 100% uh, that's just her. That's just where my brain's gone. I don't know if I'm just fucked up, no, but like, that seems no. to be it. And... Um, yeah, we've got to get past the little the little fat things um, to get her out. And if we get her out and bring her here, then they'll give us the cauldron. And technically, Anwin hasn't said we're not allowed to do that. True. So technically, we're not actually doing and anything wrong. And we've got till dawn. We've got till dawn to do all of that. Um, and if we come back, you're going to have to pretend to be my slaves again. Otherwise, you'll get Is killed. Is that what we were doing? Yes. Right. You were my property for like, you know, a while according to them I don't speak elvish I know <laughs> I was kind of glad you didn't because I said some really bad stuff <laughs> you don't want to know what I've been saying um, yeah how so, much time have we got out of character so it is currently it's about two hour journey to get to there you spent probably you spent an hour recovering from poison and such uh probably we had a short rest we left quite early does any of this count you didn't really have a short rest because you were more unconscious and drugged rather than resting i did not rest that was not restful yeah i'm so glad you did not give either of the either a scamp or cause the tea by the way actually Sorry, Celestia, you have had a short rest. Oh, I have, because um, I've sat down and had fucking tea, haven't also, I? Also, I realise uh, this is an effect I forgot to mention. After you, shortly after, you, about five minutes after you finish the tea, you realise you feel, yeah, strangely energised. Uh, mm -hmm. She should have sold you some of the tea. Uh, hmm. The tea, the tea is alchemically uh, set up to give you the benefits of a short rest after ten minutes of sitting down and drinking tea. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, you can always go back and ask for more. Maybe next time. Something. I might yeah. do, yeah. I might ask if I can buy some of her tea. Um, um, OC, how much like what I've had is it? Is it the same or is it slightly different? Different. I think slightly There's different. definitely some other, other ingredients. Probably yeah. the stuff that makes you feel really great. Also, slightly different base tea from what yeah, I remember. Slightly yeah, slightly different cool. base tea. Um, but yeah, yeah we've, we've talked about what tea they would have had. Yeah. Uh, we're massive yeah. nerds. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I get a short rest. I might roll one hit dice actually, because I might as well. Frankly, yeah. I've not done any today, so I might as well try and get back up to full. Oh. I always roll so badly on hit dice. I've rolled oh. a two. Fuck it, that'll do for now. Yeah. But you at least have had a short rest. Hmm. Uh, yeah. The uh, so the <laughs> yes no it takes you about so by the time you get back it will be yeah by the time you get back to Anwins it will be a little after midday mm -hmm. okay well then I think we can afford a short rest because I super need one let's do that if you're okay. fucked taking a short Seven rest now you'll oh my god you're about... so fucked I was unconscious yeah, yeah. like not just yeah poisoned Take... unconscious unconscious yeah taking to about uh taking a short rest then you'll probably get back to Anwins around about uh, two o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, that's not ridiculous. Uh, sun okay. is, the sun will set in about two hours. Mm. 
I'm gonna say to, I'm gonna say to the other two. Um, so I think we should try and avoid Anwin because he does not need to know what we're doing. If he sees us back here, he's gonna get suspicious. Because why are we back here? We're supposed to be doing a thing. Makes sense. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just stealth in general seems like a good option. It really does. I should have bought some of that shit she was trying to sell me. That would have been really if good. If we can get to the kitchens, maybe? If your suspicions are correct, that's where I should be. Well, yeah. She ain't gonna be anywhere else. If they're saying we don't need to bring all of her back, I'm saying bones is all we need. Oh, yeah. I'd, out of character, they did say don't need all of her. They said all or part. Whatever so, you could bring back. So we know. could just get a fucking femur or something, couldn't we? Like, if we just nicked one of them. Make an, make an intelligence check. Yeah, I genuinely don't know, so... Yeah. Oh, mate, um, seven? You get the feeling that you might need more than just a fever. Okay, like right. like a good bundle of bones, but yeah. not necessarily every single one of them. You're not sure. Oh, well, we would bring back all of them then, wouldn't we? If we're not sure. We'll bring back everything we can. We don't know what it's going to yeah. be like when we get yeah. there. Let's bring back as much of her as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm going to have to do some sort of horrible fucking resurrection procedure with the spirits helping me. That's a bit disturbing, isn't it? Any idea on how long that'll take? Nope. So we've still got to do that and then go back before dawn. Yep. We've got some hours before that, so let's get on with it. Yeah. Oh, also, just as a little thing, if we we don't get her, I'm now their seer. Um, So we really really need... Let's get her back. (laughs) We need to. That was the only way... I can make that work. So, um, yeah, we really need to do this. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I have to stay there forever and, like, praise the fucking tree spirit. <laughs> well. <laughs> it was genuinely the best I could do. <laughs> no, well, no one's the dead. The worst is that we all end up dead horribly. I think you did reasonably well. I mean, yeah, if I'd talked to you any differently, they would have definitely killed and eaten the pair of you. And hell, maybe me, I don't know. Probably. If I hadn't been respectful, so I don't think do it would have gone well. they do definitely eat people then. Yeah, they do. She said it's, um, she said, I, I quote, next time you kill an enemy, you should really try eating them. Start with the heart. It's a spiritual experience. Great. That sounds like wonderful advice. I know. She sounds um, like a good old Totally stable. <laughs> Let's get moving. <laughs> and you head back to Anwin's, uh, to, towards uh, Anwin's, uh, Palace? Chambers? What have I described this as? Longhouse, essentially. Mm. And that is where we will pick up after the break. So we'll return after these, no doubt, important messages. And now a word from our friends over at One Shot Onslaught. Hey everyone, it's your Dungeon Master Adam here to tell you all about One Shot Onslaught. We are an actual play D&D 5e podcast and we even follow some of the rules. Rules? No one said there'd be rules. We play through popular one-shot modules from dmsco.com so that you can drop in at any episode that has part one in the title. The players are all a part of the Adventurers Guild, specifically a group called the D-Team. And we have Lord Sean Snow, the hero's hero, who is a 140-year-old human wizard. I cast magic missile up its butthole! We have Death, who is a tiefling rogue, who only eats raw meat and is a little bit shifty when it comes to morals. Did somebody say meat? The dwarf druid Ironclaw, who loves nature almost as much as he loves oatmeal. Cinnamon oatmeal, or get the F out. 
And last but not least, we have Ted, the tiefling bard who loves to jam out on his magic guitar and skadoosh out on his magical flying broom. Skadoosh. Find us wherever you download your podcast by searching for One Shot Onslaught and look for new episodes every single Monday. Hurry, 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 for a limited time only, you can still get your podcast, podcast, podcast. You have but a limited amount of time to like, rate, review on iTunes and other platforms, Flintlocks and Fireballs, before Flintlocks and Fireballs runs out forever. You must get this now. Disclaimer, Flintlocks and Fireballs is in no imminent danger of running out. Get this now. And welcome back. You... Walk up the uh, uh, the path, again lit by the silvery torches, towards uh, Anwin's longhouse, and pulling open the doors, there is, as ever, the long fire pit burning. But it being the middle of the day, the hall is relatively sparsely occupied. There are a couple of fatlings lying by the uh, uh, by the huge fire pit, snoring away on small blankets. One of the trees is sitting and just drinking from a big old bowl to itself. And uh, next to you, there is a small... And you see a... Uh, and you see a goat-horned figure appear. Oh! Well, that was a rush, wasn't it? Where have you been? Oh, you didn't, need, you didn't seem to need rescuing, so I didn't bother. Oh no, I was fine. Just didn't Fair. Really gone. Fair yeah, way. no, no, I was there the whole time. All oh, right, it's fun. I liked the tea. Right. How fun's it going to be to cause a little bit of chaos here? I know. Isn't that right? fun? Yeah. Oh, one moment. He snaps his fingers, and you see in the distance where the big, huge tree thing is drinking a bowl of water. The water turns to to some sort of deep reddish substance. And you just say, oh no, no, that's actual claret. Uh, the, t- the tree looks at it, shrugs, drinks the wine. Wild dies. <laughs> I want to see a drunk tree so Wild dies a little bit distracted, turning the tree stuff yeah. into whatever. I'm going to say to the other two, what if we got, to co- got him to cause a distraction? I feel like he could be really distracting. I think that's a very good idea, actually. Die? Yes! Oh, I sound like a snake. You do, a slithery snake. And um, so. Slither. We have an idea. I think it's going to be fun. I think you'll like it. Okay, I like fun. I know you like fun. Yes. So, you like causing chaos, don't you? Pretty much, yeah. Do you think you could cause some chaos maybe in the dining hall? Here? Right here? Sure. Uh, He claps his hands Uh, and a burst of flames comes up from the uh, from the huge fire Kitchens? pit. Yeah, let's go. There's <laughs> 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 just this cloud of cinders that swoops up and starts forming into various like shapes of snakes, just interwriting with each other. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, go. Everyone, everyone give me a stealth check, please. Yeah, uh, with advantage, because there is a distraction. Ooh. Ooh, that's good that that had advantage, yeah. Jesus. Um, that would be a twenty-one. Twenty-two. Yes. Twenty-one. Yes. Hey, hey, look at us. <laughs> you quickly slidle down the uh, the passageway leading down below. I did specify I was in my more stealthy clothing, throwing that out there. Uh, Not that it's stealthy, but you know. More stealthy. Yeah. Less less flagrantly obvious. Less disadvantage. <laughs> uh, and as you 
find yourself sneaking down uh, quickly as there's a, a degree of commotion above from the tree who's starting to get solidly into his cups finding that the wine doesn't run out uh, oh, drunk <laughs> yeah, trying to finish the glass when it's really constantly refilling that's not yeah. a good plan um, the, uh, you f- uh, quickly slip down you see that there is a uh, narrow, uh, actually fairly wide hallway uh, lit by more of these silver burning torches uh, there are one, two, three, four, five doors, two either side, one at the end. Uh, standing by the far door, the one at the end, there is a fatling, one of these uh, short, fat little creatures. Uh, it is wearing a battered, what first you think is a battered old, um, uh, a battered old uh, helmet uh, that's seen the wars over its head and holding a spear. And then you realise, no, that's a colander. <laughs> uh, it's just wearing a colander on its head like a helmet. <laughs> I keep thinking we're in danger of underestimating these guys, and I'm not sure. <laughs> it is they might it, just be it, little stupid jelly beans. Well, they might be super it powerful. Powerful. Not sure. <laughs> uh, Picks its nose, pulls out, uh, out some snot, and then eats it. Delicious. Um, so there's. Remind me of the layout of doors and corridors. So there's one at the end, two either side. Okay. Are there any other corridors coming this way? Is there uh, anywhere we no, could... No, this just seems to go down from the air, and this is the way you heard the sound of the screaming from before, and where you've seen them bringing out food There's nowhere we can hide around here. Uh, I mean, there are the other doors you could conceivably go into. There, the, there are periodic sort of pillars and posts. Uh, you, you're looking at the, uh, the, the, the fatling, however, you notice his breathing is kind of heavy, and he's like... Yeah. <laughs> He's leaning against his own spear. I whisper, but again, microphones causing. You can do that silence thing, can't you? Yeah. No. Right. I think so. That might be good. Uh, causing oh, just yeah. silence. Oh yeah, yeah. And he just continues yawning to himself. <laughs> the, si- the sound cuts out, as it does. See, as does the sound of the of the chaos run. Uh, let's scroll the wisdom check for the fatling. You see him yawn one last time and then actually fall asleep, leaning against the wall. <laughs> okay, let's try. Should we go see if some doors. It's silent. But we're not in the silence. Oh, sphere, we're, we're not in the silence. I'm assuming it's, the silence it's like 20 foot, covering, isn't it? It's 20 foot, so I'm assuming it's covering this corridor, which is only like about 30 foot long. Are we that yeah. close to this? Oh, jeez, I thought yeah. we were further away. No, no, this is not It's not a very long corridor. Yeah, okay. Okay, I guess we gesture to each other, like, go in. Yeah. Yep. Um. Since we can't communicate, I'm going to check the doors for traps. <laughs> okay, give me an investigation check. Uh, oh dear. How are you proceeding? Uh, stealthily. <laughs> no, I mean, how are you proceeding? Are you like, well, uh, like in terms of which door are you checking? I was going to start left and work mm. clockwise. Just check all okay. the doors, see if they're locked, see if they're trapped. Also cool. in height order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's actually. I'm actually going to keep terrible. an eye on behind us. Yep. Like while Scamp is doing all of this. Okay. Um, investigation. That's a seventeen. Yeah. You're a lookout. yeah. Okay. Uh, 17 from Scamp. Okay. By the way, uh, Celestia, give me a perception check with disadvantage because you've got no sound. Yeah, true. Uh, the door does not appear to be trapped, as um, far as you can tell. That's actually really good. So it's a 16 with disadvantage. Okay. 
All of them was about out. 20, which it's is amazing. We're doing one of these one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Peering up, you can kind of see that it looks like there's a certain amount of commotion up above as people are kind of, as fatlings are now running around trying to put, like, to, 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 to calm the fire <laughs> down uh, with little buckets of water. But now it's forming, like, steam snakes, which are <laughs> writhing around the fire snakes. Excellent. One of the fatlings, her hair is, like, they're actually bald. So, uh, but you see, this fatling has put a toupee on, and that is on fire, and he's now running around with this flame. <laughs> His hands like wiggling. Is it also made from something you'd find in a kitchen, like a mop head? Or it something? is a mop head. It yes. is a mop head. <laughs> uh, so that was the first, or I can't remember what you said. Uh, not trapped, as far as you can tell. Um, not locked, as far as I can tell. Okay, I will try the next one. Okay, second one. You also investigate because I'm super good at investigating. Up to natural twenty, I actually Yay! am. Uh, again, not locked, not trapped. I'm going to check the last door. Okay, you check the very end door. That's a four. <laughs> you don't know whether it's locked or trapped without trying it. So I'm going to try and signal that these two aren't locked or trapped. But this one... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Let's just kind of do a shrugging motion. I do a little, like, go somewhere. Like, let's go in. Okay, I'm going to try and open the one that I don't know if it's locked or trapped. Because okay. Which one I is figured the fat that's going to be locked. That one. Oh my god, yeah. Cool, yeah. That one. Yeah. yeah. You turn the handle... You would rattle it, but there's no sound. Locked. It's not. It's locked. Right, I'm going to try and open it. Okay. Does the fatling have a key on them? Give me a perception check. Okay. Also, with this, well, it's just looking. It's just not, looking, so not with disadvantage. That is a oh, uh, twenty-three. You can just see through the holes of the colander, perched on top of his head, is a fat little iron key. Do I notice where Corzin's noticed it? Now that you, well, Corzin, you can just point well, if you want. I will point it out. To, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and take it. Okay, give me a slight hand check. No, With advantage, because uh, oh, anyway, because it's asleep. Okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, that's a natural 20, which yes. makes a 25. You just gently reach nice. over, lift the colander, take the key, put the colander back down. That's so stupid. <laughs> it's like the Indiana Jones thing of the, the, you know, the, the golden head with the weight. And, <laughs> and yeah, turning the key. Oh, but no, but no sound. <laughs> the door. Yeah. Like you imagine a... We expect it, but it yeah, doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's, it's really yeah. unnerving. It's, Peek the door open just a little bit. You can see there is uh, an expansive kitchen uh, inside. There are uh, there are a number of sort of different sort of tables, like you know preparation areas, uh, scattered about slightly haphazardly. In the centre, there is one of those racks where all of like your spatulas and stuff hang from the ceiling. Mm. Um, there is uh, off. To, there is a. Uh, there are a set of big bread oven uh, ovens. Uh, as well as a roasting pit, smaller, looking like it's probably designed for like roasting birds and so on. There is actually there are actually a couple of birds, uh, uh, what look like you know plucked roast chickens, uh, mm-hmm. headless uh, roast chickens, turning on uh, on the spit, uh, or they should be turning. It seems that the spit turner is not is not necessarily presently there. Uh, actually, no, no, he is. We'll get to him in a moment. Yeah, Just making my choices. Yeah. Cool. How far into the room does the silence go? Uh, so the, the silence, because it's 20 foot wide, you start, so it goes about 10 feet into the room. Yeah, it, like the yeah. line is on the yeah. door. <clears> so the room, okay. the room itself is about, let's say, 30 by 30. So it's just the entryway of the, of the room, which is silence. And conveniently, that does not include any of its inhabitants. Oh, yes. One other thing, off to, if we imagine that the, the you, you have entered through the south and the room goes north, 
on the eastern side you can see there is uh well it clearly at some point was a pantry uh but the door has since been ripped out and replaced uh by a more solid steel set of steel bars ah. with a lock on behind which there is uh kind of sat in one corner knees uh, held up to her uh, you know, hugging up to her chest a uh, dusky skinned uh, wood elven girl uh, oh I'm surprised to find her in one piece okay yeah uh, wearing a, a sort Early of raggedy mm. uh, oh shit tunic. yuck um, yuck the around the room you can see there are four fatlings besides the uh, besides Colander who's out in the who's out in the hallway uh, there is also one fatling off to the west uh, who is turning the rotisserie, uh, who I am going to refer to as Chicken uh, from this point. He, he's busy turning a roast chicken. Uh, there is one fatling uh, busy at the ovens. Uh, you can see he is pulling out loaves of bread and using a spatula to just turn them and check them. Uh, there is one who is uh, busy chopping vegetables at the uh, at one of the preparation boards. Uh, so just for uh, location, the one uh, using a carving knife to chop ve- well chopping knife to chop vegetables is near the center. Uh, he is not looking at the- none of them are looking directly at the door at this point. Um, the one with the spatula checking the ovens is to the north. Uh, and also to the north, near the bread ovens, but actually uh, next to a big pot of broth, uh, there is one wearing a ridiculously oversized white chef's toque, like one of those little <laughs> chef's hats. It is, it is as tall as he is. I want to steal it so badly. Yeah, because the fat thing's running about, like, what, a f- foot and a half or yeah something? yeah really little yeah this is um, the, the 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 toke is also a foot and a half so so i've gone i want to do something yeah. that's mental um so my favorite thing to do whew, right i'm gonna step out of the silence and i'm gonna go greetings anwen sent us down to do a special performance for you all in appreciation of your cooking what Oh, you like music, the, the, don't the you? Four, the four turn around. Ah! I have no idea what you said, but yes. Ah! <laughs> oh, thumbs up. <laughs> and shit, how many are there? There are four in here. No, yes. Colin is sleeping. Let Colin to sleep. Yeah, he's tired. Very tired. Mm. Make a persuasion check. <laughs> <Scamp>. <laughs> Because I was saying things too. Can they do it with no, me? Oh, no, they don't need it. <laughs> I mean, I will take the advantage just in case. I mean, no. Um, okay. Persuasion, that is a 23. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, so I... You step in, you close the door close behind the door behind you. It's the three of you close step the in. Door. Um, and... <laughs> I'm going to sing the sea shanty uh, a drop of Nelson a drop of Nelson's blood. Oh no, it's a drop Grenville. of Grenville's blood. Grenville I'm sorry, we, we filtered <laughs> it for this universe. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna sing drop of Grenville's blood. I'm gonna play it on my xylophone, and I'm gonna oh, do nice. minor illusion. 
um, to do loads of like so crashing we... wave sounds and sounds of like pots smacking together, like kitchen mm. things, and, you just, and it, like <laughs> little minor illusions of little fatlings popping ah! up in the air, <gasps> and it lasts conveniently <gasps> over a minute. <gasps> Give me a performance check to see how enthralled they are. <laughs> Well, that's oh, really enthralled. Fucking get that 28 enthralled. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and as, they so, um, as, as you're continuing this, you just hear them joining in. It makes you so good. So, conveniently, um, if I perform for one minute with the enthralling performance thing of College of Glamour, um, it's basically mass charm person. I can do yeah. up to four creatures of my choice, so it's a really good thing that there weren't any more. Okay. Um, and they speak glowingly to to it, like everyone about me. Um, they hinder anyone who opposes me. Um, they don't get violent though. Um, it ends after one hour, or if I damage them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna get the, uh, the 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 rules up so I've got them as a direct. Yeah, reference. do that'd be, it'd be uh, easier if you have it. I can do it once per long rest, so it's not like an inspiration use. It's like a, like a big thing. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're sort of looking at each other. They kind of hummy it themselves after you finish. You like it? Yeah. Um, open the couch. Yeah. Um. So. This elf over here, she's actually my friend, and um, I used to take her upstairs for a bit. Uh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Do you have Great. keys? I need the keys. Uh, the chef scratches his head for a moment, <laughs> picks up his toque, reaches into it, reaches like a arm all the way in, roots around, <laughs> and then pulls out a little golden key. Okay. Thank you. Can I borrow your hat, please? Uh, oh, go on. They look really good in it. I say. Make a persuasion check. Not, not with advantage. It would give you advantage, <laughs> but you've got disadvantage because he really likes his hat. Who's making it? Me or Scott? Um, uh, persuasion, is that? Yeah. Final 14. Hello, <laughs> sir. Um, can I just try it on, please? <laughs> Do I look good? <laughs> you look amazing. Thank you. Here you go. <laughs> Thank you! Very Put kind. back on. Um so I'm gonna go over and open the cage. Walk over and the 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 wood elf who has been looking at this like the moment you I open just... it, however, she immediately bursts into a run to try and escape. Wait, 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 wait. We're, we're taking you to Rhiannon. Please say you're Bronwyn, otherwise we're really you confused. Bronwyn? Please tell me you're Bronwyn. Yes, I'm Bronwyn. Okay. Okay, um, we're, we're taking you to Rhiannon. I sent you. Yes. Uh, we need to oh find a way. But you, you need to stay you. quiet because otherwise they're going to know something's up. This is um, a, a thing. So let's just go. Let's go. Oh, the, the, the oh, cloak, cloak, anything, any way to this guy? This is good. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to? She can borrow my cloak. I'm not wearing it. Yeah. She's she's basically just got like this raggedy shift on. That's it. Let's cover you up a bit. Yeah. Wear that. Oh, oh, okay. It's my boring cloak that I Put bought from Fighty ages ago. He puts it on her and kind of covers her a little bit. I'm going to give her my scarf to like cover her face up. Like Just tie that round your face and cover, cover your hair up. It's really bright. Uh, here's a fake beard. Put this on. <laughs> she takes the beard, hands it back to you. <laughs> um, so 
We've got an hour of them not being bothered, so if we make some ground, we could just get out of here right now. Okay, yes, absolutely. Uh, we should, now. let's make ourselves scarce. Okay, let's roll a luck check. Silence would still be up, because that lasts for ten minutes. Yeah, true, Silence true, is still up, that's true. Uh, and that was over a ten, so Colander is still asleep. Excellent. When you, when you put the door open and step through. Uh, however, as you do open it, you also see one of the other four doors start to open, and uh, a pair of uh, little fatlings emerge, one of which is carrying... Uh, uh, one of which is carrying a an enormous baguette uh, under. It's actually it's so big it's having to use both of its arms. The other one of which is holding a handful of beer, like an armful of beer bottles in each arm. Huh? Gonna try walking past them and giving them a wave like nothing's <coughs> happening. Okay, we're going to get this. You're going to be very inspired. She's in a cloak. We're all Yeah. Okay. Maybe. So you and the rest of them yeah, just back. go acting normal. You you kind of mouth that. Give me a deception oh. check with disadvantage as they immediately, instinctively, like, raise an arm and go, ah, but then notice there's not any sound coming out. I just do a little, like, shrug at them, like, this is weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah give me a deception check with disadvantage. Thank you for this. Oh. Give um, insight checks because there's two oh, of them. Mate. Um, that oh, would be... Done that one. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Oh, well. That would be a 13. Now. One of them is like, ah, seems fine. Uh, the other one's like, you see, suddenly realise, wait, uh, and look at the uh, at the hooded figure behind you, and it starts jiggling around, waving its hands as if it's screaming. Can we push <laughs> him back inside the door? Uh, give me an athletics check. <laughs> oh, good, why did I say yeah. that? I, I mime at them like, it's fine, ask your friends in the kitchen, because <laughs> they're going to only speak yeah. glowingly yeah, about yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> okay, we sort of push them towards the kitchen, yeah, we just came through. Okay, you're just going to grab them, try and shove them into the kitchen, give me an athletics check either way. Oh yeah, Corson's going to get the other oh, one and try and Okay, so two athletics checks and I'll do two resistances from them. I'm going to roll on the table. Oh, uh, that's really good, 16. though. Okay. It was and Corson's with a 7 and a 1. Uh, was... 12. Okay, uh, he. Let me just check what their strength is, because that's all, that's all going to come down to the numbers. Okay, he also rolled a twelve. So, Scam, you grab your the one that was panicking. Can I help? Shove him through, <laughs> causing you're kind of struggling like in a tug of war. He can't escape you. The other one can't escape you. This is the one with the baguette. Uh, <laughs> you know, hitting him with the baguette. Kind of, like, hitting you with the baguette. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't quite pull. Okay, uh, I'll let you, Celestia. You can all. You can make your yeah. own to help with causing to yeah. try and assist. There's a baguette in the scene, so one has to get hit with it. It's the rule. Uh, that's a sixteen. Okay, he rolled a six. So you grab him, and with Corson's aid, you shove him, slam. But there's no noise. The door I'm behind lock him. Because I still got the kick. Lock it. <laughs> I nice. mouth, I mouth, run, run, go. <laughs> <laughs> Stealthily! Quickly set up. Uh, st- stealth once we're back okay, upstairs. Okay, give, give me stealth checks. We'll do one for Bronwyn. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sticking close to Bronwyn. Silence, do we oh, have advantage? Jesus. Okay. Uh, you're going you're gonna to leave the silence shortly, so. Yeah, okay, need to leave the silence I have advantage anyway because of my clothes. Uh, yeah. 11. Oh, 13. 19. Yeah. I rolled a 1 and an 8. I'm right, really glad I'm just going to... I Roll a clock. straight check for the fatlings up in the gra- up in the. I'm staying thing. within touching range of Bronwyn. Yeah, so this is a straight roll for the straight roll, but disadvantage for spotting scamp. So yeah, okay. So we'll say that the golden one is normal, and the uh, grey is disadvantage. So as you clamber up, 
you actually um, there's actually a moment where uh, a fatling is coming down the steps with a armful of d armfuls of dirty plates. You uh, you head up. He spots you. Kind of teeters, falls, and you just get the very slightest crash before he passes into the uh, into the silent area. <laughs> no, run. <laughs> uh, Everything upstairs is too chaotic, however, for anyone to notice. As now it's like, you know when you do, like, you know, Chinese New Year, when all the dragons are sort oh, of God. around, <laughs> and there's fireworks as well? All of that is happening, and you can Brilliant. see, uh, you can see that, um, uh, Dai has picked up, uh, a long silver spoon and is using it like a conductor's baton <laughs> while sounds... fatlings are running around. Several more of them are now on fire trying to, to put things back in order. Oh, the smell of that. No. <laughs> uh, but you're able to quickly skip out, uh, slip out, slam the door behind you in the various chaos within. <gasps> Should we go? Yeah, let's run. Let's go. Let's go right run. now. And um, you begin quickly speedily making your way out um by the way once we're out i walk a little bit away from scamp okay. causing all right just in front of her yeah right. she, we've got, she we've got to this. gravitates <laughs> towards you as a fellow elf yeah um any words we share i say in elvish my mother sent you yes um she She's missing you. <laughs> I've missed and her. she didn't have anyone that could get in, and we could conveniently. So, yeah. Oh, thank the gods. Hi. She just shudders. Alright. No, I'm not alright. It's been 30 years. Oh, and there's tits. 30 years. Oh, you're... Sorry. Sorry. Yes, um, Yeah, different. Uh, yeah, um... No, no, it's, uh... You look... Uh, she shakes her head. What? Yes, uh, there's... It's been a long time since I've seen a dark elf. Yeah, uh, your mother was telling me. Uh, she shakes her head. Uh, sorry. You... In the light for a moment, I thought uh, you were an old friend of mine. Yes. Mm. I've not seen a dark elf in a long time. You, uh, she kind of stumbles onwards, and um, the pair uh, and the four of you, uh, as far as you can tell, <laughs> uh, make your way back. And your journey is otherwise without incident, as you do have a good hour's start head start. Mm. Yeah, yeah so glad I got to use fucking close enough to cast guys. fly if need be, really quickly. Yeah. But I keep up the facade of walking a little bit ahead of you and mostly yeah. talking in Elvish, unless it's necessary. Because yeah, she's got to think this too. She <laughs> avoids the subject of her lengthy imprisonment for the most part, Fair. but just mm -hmm. talks about small incidental matters of drow and dark. Yeah, uh, and I kind of culture. keep her talking about bollocks because I feel yeah. that's probably what this sort of person yeah. needs. I yeah, walk close to causing a mutter. Do we apologise for eating her? Is that a thing you should do? Um, I was wondering this myself, but I think for the moment it's probably not a good idea to bring that up. Okay. <laughs> if there's any justice or mercy in this world, she won't have been aware of that. 
She probably noticed, you know. Do I hear this? No, I don't, because they're far away. We're, uh, we're muttering so that she can't oh, hear. Give me yeah. a perception check. Just if, but if she can't hear, I can't. Okay, no, then. Yeah. So, you, after you return back into the woods. Fucking hell. Oh, and this God. time, there is, an, uh, this time, more openly, uh, half a dozen wood elven rangers just stand up from the snow or out from behind their hiding I think we're places. pretty fucking efficient. We've only been gone a like, couple of hours. That's right? actually not You've bad. You've been gone like, yeah, like five hours. hours. Managing like to do five this. hours. Mm. We're fucking this. great. <laughs> Imagining like a load of wood elves in like ghillie suits right now. Like, whoa. Basically, yeah. There. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Uh, and they sort of stop. One of them, and you recognise again, merely, because uh, she takes off the helmet. Bronwyn? Bronwyn kind of frowns. Merely. And she unsteadily moves forward, and Bronwyn a little more cautiously, and after a good few moments of hesitation, the pair of them hug fiercely. <sighs> By the gods, I'm happy to see you. It's all right. I'm back. And um, Bronwyn does lean a little on Merely as you're all escorted back towards the earthen ramparts and up into the concealed wood elven village of uh, Rhiannon's Grove. <coughs> Rhiannon has... this time... Go on. Go on. No, go on. Oh. Uh, I was uh, going to say to... Um... To scamp as they wouldn't have been conscious for uh, at least part of the previous time. Uh, I'm going to ask them. All right, scamp. How many slaves have you seen in your time? Um, I'm not good at counting. Have you seen any? Yeah, I just people from the Underdark came through a lot. Not a lot, right. oh. but sometimes. All right. So you know the drill then. No. no eye contact, speak when spoken to, no. short sentences. No. <laughs> I'll be polite. Mm. And hopefully, we'll all get out of this in one piece. So, you find yourselves stepping uh, into the settlement and waiting for you amongst others is the still you know uh, silver white and uh, black coated form of Rhiannon she takes a step forward and just automatically upon seeing her daughter but holds back maintains her composure and lets the escort bring Bronwyn close to her Bronwyn staggers a little, steps forward, and then kneels on one knee before her mother, bowing her head low. I'm sorry, mother. I could not escape. No, you could not. But then... I could not find you. Rhiannon 
reaches down and touches her daughter on the uh, on the crown of her head. Rise, Bronwyn. Your honour is unstained. Bronwyn seems to sag a little as if some weight has been lifted from her shoulders. And though a little unsteadily, she stands back up and there is a fierce sort of light to her eyes. Will we be avenged for this insult? Yes, daughter. In time. When the circumstances are right. Remember the first rule of war. And the pair of them say together, The only rule is victory. They take a moment, clasping one another's arms. But not embracing the way that uh, Bronwyn's cousin uh, merely did. Very well then. Will you want... And Bronwyn sort of tilts her head. I think I should have resumed my duties, mother. As you will. I know they will be happy to see you again, as I am. Yes. <clears throat> she clasps her fist to her chest. Her mother does the same. By the purity of blood, by the purity of blood, and by all the gods. And. Bronwyn and a number of the elves break off and begin to head towards the groves, uh, the sacred grove. Rhiannon, however, steps forward to meet you, and you see coming forth from uh, the, how the, the large house is the same young, silent male uh, wood elf you saw before, carrying an enormous uh, black iron cauldron. It's, um, it's big enough to fit a couple of cauldrons in. <laughs> ah. I love that Corson has become a like a, 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 <laughs> a unit of measurement. measurement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're a unit of measurement, Corson. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> Is it what? Um, so the uh, so the elf kind of bows low and presents the cauldron to you, Celestia. Um, I take it, put it on the floor, and bow back. And Rian says, "I thank you for." all you have done. I hope that your own favour is awarded without any trickery. Yeah, me too. Hmm. Thank you for trusting me. As you, It is as you say. If elves cannot trust each other, who can? Yeah. Go with the gods. Thank you. As you look down, you can see there is um, a marking. There, there is actually a, a small fr word inscribed on the interior of the cauldron. Mm -hmm. Roll me a history check. Okay. Only you. Only me. Oh, it's in Elvish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Six. 
we so smart? It's in Elvish, but it's it's an Elvish dialect you're not familiar with. Like an old one, maybe. Probably an old one. Uh, you don't know. Kind of like you. It sound like it's it's also departed a bit from modern Elvish. So you're not really sure exactly what it means. It just says Sparagmos would be the would ha- is how you would say it. So the Elvish version of Chaucer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But you pick up the cauldron. It is surprisingly light. Asparagus. You are able to uh, hold it. Yeah. Uh, comfortably in both hands. Might buy a couple more healing potions from you before I go, if you don't mind. Of course. Uh, Brandon will take care of that. Also, do you have any of that tea for sale, by any chance? Of course. Uh, Brandon, she gestures to the young boy, uh, to the young elf, uh, who nods quietly and goes to fetch the large chest of uh, (laughs) various potions. In the meantime, I will go be with my daughter. You should, yes. (laughs) She bows her head again. Best of luck to you. Thank you. I am very proud of her. Should be, by the looks of things. And she turns and strides off with her entourage. Brandon, uh, meanwhile... (coughs) So! (laughs) (laughs) First time he's opened his mouth. Hello, Brandon. Well, uh... Let's see what we can do in terms of potions. That would be good. Okay. Oh, I was expecting him to have no tongue. This is worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy. He has, this, he has this really cheerful grin that someone is actually talking to him. <laughs> oh, Brandon. Uh, so, yeah, uh, healing potions are available at the same rate as before. Yeah, I'd like to buy four more, so you buy four another more, 50 gold. Changes things. Uh, the tea is available. Uh, so Do you want me to pay for those ones because you've been paying for all of these uh, so far? Yeah, sure. That'd be so great. It's 50 gold of jewels, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. So I guess I just go over and take it out of your pack. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, give me a minute. I'll just get you the cost for the... Uh, for the... You put them in your inventory then as well. It's good for more than one of us to have them, let's be yes, honest. Yes, I've got none at the moment, so... Yeah, that might much. be advisable. Yeah. Really bookmark potions. You we should give give some to cause into. Oh yeah. Well, if we get four each, we've got eight. So plenty between us. Yeah. So you. Have you got any on you at the moment already? Oh, I've got four that I bought mean, before. No. And Corson's got. Oh, Corson. Corson. Well, both of you. Just so total between us at the moment is eight. Okay. Yeah, it might. Mm. It's worth giving you a couple more because you don't have. If any we buy four more, they'll split evenly. <laughs> Two actually. Let's do that. Let's buy four more. No, oh, okay. You buy four more. They have yeah, plenty. Eight. They have so much of this stuff. Let's have four each. He actually yeah, just great. sells you like a yeah, small jug sense. at that point. You can then divide well. that into your existing yeah. vials. A carafe of healing potion. So yeah. we now have four each. Great. Uh, okay. Like you're basically with the people who invented healing potions. They have so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, they. He also produces. Uh, the tea comes. Uh, in blocks, uh, enough to oh, make sm- small box enough to make like a, a, ser- a ten minute serving of tea at a time. It's they do they're, they're pretty expensive, uh, so there are fi- they are functionally fifty gold pieces worth of treasure each, but mm-hmm. they're enough to service your whole party. 
at a time. Okay. What should we buy? Like one each. Uh, yeah. But that would make sense. Yeah. How much were they? Sorry. Um, Fifty gold pieces per block, and a block is enough to serve cool. the whole party for for a tea session. I might buy two actually. Okay. I'm gonna buy two. Fifty gold pieces worth of treasure for each. Uh, please inform me when you are using it. Oh yeah, no, I'm not just gonna yeah. be like. By the way, we had tea. Because. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. Well, is there nothing else? Um, no, I think that's it, Brad. Oh, well, thank you very much for coming. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet amazing. It's been amazing meeting you, Brandon. Oh. Well, may all the gods be with you, and, of course, purity in the blood. Of course, all the purity of all the blood, yes. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Lovely. Um, I'm going to go now, Brandon. Okay. Have a, bye. Have a good Bye-bye. day. Bye. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you I tend to more disturbing the longer we stay. I tend to the other two and go, let's go. <laughs> uh, Please. While all of the buying was going on, can I try casting, I've forgotten its name, Floating Disc? <laughs> you do, and, you, and this actually attracts a number of eyes. But as you spin and sort of uh, you spin your hands and expand the bead of mercury into a wide disc, I occasionally throw in a yeah, I'll carry on in Joven, <laughs> so I'm like ordering them to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, you now have a you you have the the floating disc once more, and uh, I'm assuming you probably pop the cauldron. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Punk. All right, let's go. You. Awkwardly and quickly make your way out with your armed escort of the uh, of the Wood Elven settlement of Rhiannon's Grove and back into the woods. It is another two and a half hour journey back to the uh, back to the Hall of Anwen the Fair. I'll recast every yeah, time. Yeah, you recast yeah. everything. So, you don't even like, so it yeah. slows us slightly, but yeah. we'd have to carry the damn thing. It's probably like a three-hour journey. <laughs> yeah, it's like a three But like, yeah. it just takes we have time. Thing it's up, yeah. not even yeah. evening yet, is it? So It is right. evening. Mm. Uh, in fact, it was even. It, 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 it was actually, by the time you got back, it was evening uh, during that whole scene. I should have mentioned that. It would have been very dramatic. Mm. But, uh, no. <laughs> uh, so by the time you get back, it is night. And the torches are burning. You return and again... Uh, the whole area is set out. Uh, the musicians are playing. There is one passed out giant tree in the corner. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Excellent. <laughs> scorch marks on some shit, I imagine. Um, yeah, there's a few scorch marks here and there, but things are largely, you know, as before, you've entered in the middle of dinner, the various creatures of the forest are feasting away. Uh, but there's one change to the usual arrangement. Uh, on the roasting spit in the centre, uh, instead of the wood elf, there are four roasted fatlings. Oh, I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> Does one of them have a colander on its head, or is it just the charmed ones? Uh, you don't know. They've, they, 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 have, they have been stripped they of their belongings. They removed the colander before they spit roasted him. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, you can see, sat at the table, uh, at the head of the table, along with uh, with a kind of exhausted-looking fighty gubbinswick, drinking deeply from a uh, goblet, 
uh, and a uh, and uh, Dai, who is uh, busy, who, who just has a stack of pies in front of him, just fruit pies, and is munching through them. <laughs> I was going to say, what's he doing? Um, you can see at the head of the table is the tall form of uh, a tall golden-haired form of Anwin. Uh, wearing uh, this time uh, wearing the golden waistcoat of before, but also a set of strange silvery breeches that seem to ripple and flow, but still held solidly around his legs like like fabric. So cool. Uh, and the same sort of you know, long coat as he uh, robes as he's had before. And he gives you a wide, uh, sharp-toothed smile as you approach. Well, <clears throat> brought you something. Ta-da! <laughs> hmm. I see that you have. Well, that's just lovely. Please do bring it a bit closer. Of course. You bring it up, and he extends his lot long, two long fingers, lifts it off the disc rotates it around and peers into it. Hmm, yes. Hmm, yes. This is perfect. Just what I was looking for. Sets it back down uh, on the desk. Hmm, well, I think you've earned yourselves a lovely day of rest. Well, a lovely night. At least, there's always the new task tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But you, he says, looking to fighty. Oh, you can take the daytime off tomorrow. Get a bit of extra sleep. I'll be having you work the night. He looks back. Would you like to join us for dinner tonight, or will you be eating alone in your rooms again? Um, you know, I'm very tired. Oh, what a long day. So exhausted. Such a shame. Mm. Oh, well. Lovely trousers, mm. by the way. Thank you. It's so nice having a gnome around. I do wish I could keep him. <laughs> he grins. Still, that's not the arrangement, is it? <laughs> is Fighty looking just knackered? Fighty looks exhausted. Actually... You don't know what he's been through today, but he looks like he's... Like he's half run... dead, yeah. He looks like he's run a half yeah. marathon. All oh, right. okay. <laughs> And when he's that short, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still, uh, is there anything else you want to do before heading to bed for the night? Oh, I want to go to bed. <laughs> I want yeah. to go to bed, please. <laughs> you settle yeah, I think Corson will be like nibbling at some um, uh, trail rations. Oh uh, yeah, I have trail rations. Off to his room. Yeah. Not anything else, mate? Yeah. I'm not sure I have much appetite. <laughs> you slump. You head back and descend into slumber. Once again, you find yourselves dreaming. Celestia. You find yourself dreaming of a cold, dark place. A cell set up with a grill so that you could look into it without those inside seeing you. You dream of going there day to day to day 
to speak with the one inside. Talking, just talking. And a sense of revulsion and pride. Causin, mm -hmm. you dream of walking along the edge of dark cliffs with a crashing ocean below. But you look down and you see the sea is not made of water, but fingernails. Oh. Smashing, fingernails and teeth just smashing against the rocks. You know this place. It feels familiar. As you look up before you wake, a tall, gangly figure with a stitched on head and a, and a noose of rope at its hand stares back at you from behind trees of bone with fingernail leaves. Scamp. You dream of fire and black glass and something striking and breaking. And in time, each of you wake. Looking up, you realize that you have, as you emerge from your four poster beds, you realize that you've slept late into the day. It's mid-morning, not too long until noon. And as you go out to your late breakfast, you can see that, again, the breakfast tables are arranged, and a still somewhat tired fighty is there having some oatmeal, while the resplendent form of Anwin and the uh, perpetually half-drunk form of Dai are there. Dai is currently doing a, head, a handstand uh, and seeing whether he can balance a cake on his feet. He can't. An important morning. He can't. It falls over and falls on his head. <laughs> it's like the ah. perfect morning. <laughs> Sounds yeah. great. <laughs> Actually, talking of which though, it, are his feet hooves? They are hooves. Okay. It'll be even harder. There's less. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He kind of gets up, wipes the cake off his face, and eats it. Hmm. Really thought that would go better than uh, uh, than that. Can I try? Sure. He <laughs> reaches into his waistcoat, pulls out a fully sized cake. No funeral, I say. <laughs> Give me an acrobatics check. I'm going to use the enormous dice for this very important roll. That's a nineteen. <laughs> you. Manage it for a good 30 seconds before toppling. The cake falls over. Cause and roll a luck check. <laughs> luck, okay. I'm so happy if you're not pulling cake. And you deftly step out of the way before the cake lands on your face. It splatters onto oh. the ground instead. Splat. I mean, that was amazing. Cake is amazing. Yes. Uh, and Anwin leans forward his lot, uh, from his own breakfast. Yes, cake is an amazing thing. But on to other things. Of course. 
You'll be happy to know, Feisty, that I'm giving you the day to do a little rest and whatever preparation you need. You did mention that last night. I'm quite glad to hear it. Indeed. For tonight you will be weaving me a coat from moonlight. Of course I will. <laughs> As for the rest of you, your third and final task today. And on this occasion, you have a little bit, uh, you know what? No, let's make this more interesting. Fighty, I've changed my mind. You have until sundown. Weave me a coat of sunlight. Oh, wonderful. Fantastic. Sure, why not? He's banging his head against the table. <laughs> sunlight, as if that's easier to work with than moonlight. Fantastic, thank you. I guess I'll get, I'll start spinning then, shall I? Please do. He upends his oatmeal. The bowl oh, shatters God. and he storms oh. off into an adjoining corridor. <laughs> and to keep things interesting, your task must be done by sundown as well. But don't worry, you should have plenty of time. I need you to do a delivery for me. The location's only an hour away. Mm-hmm. Should be able to get there just before noon. I want you to travel south-southeast this time and take a couple of things, three things, in fact, to the, to the top of the hill that you will find there. Mm-hmm. The first thing is the satyr, and he gestures towards uh, Dai. Oh, we're going somewhere? Yes. <laughs> take him, take the cauldron, and take this letter. And he passes you, Celestia, a sealed letter. Your instructions are not, oh. do not open it before you get to the top of the hill. Okay. And when you do, follow the instructions inside. Right. These are the terms you must complete to fulfill my favour. Oh, well, on your way, I suppose you'll need to be getting off soon if you want to get there in good time. Yes, we best had. Just for the record, listeners, I just need you all to know how awesome Jason is because he's just handed me a letter that is genuinely sealed with wax <laughs> and it's like oh. the best thing that I've ever seen. It's really cute. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, very exciting. I've not opened it. I haven't, so I've yep. not flattered the contract, but um, yep. I've, I'll take a picture of it and put it on the social medias at some point. Yeah, <laughs> please do. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, let's hurry up then. Because yeah. there's going to be something that will weigh layers, I'm sure. So, broadly speaking, this letter is for us. Well, he said it had instructions that we need to follow. Mm. All right. I don't like Ooh. this. I don't like it either. Let's Sounds like a fun day out. Great, yes, yeah, so his much fun. Do you, you want, want to drink? Do you want to sit on a magical floating thing with a cauldron all the way? Do I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, do I? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Great. <laughs> It is really fun. It floats and stuff. Oh, that sounds like again. fun. It's also really shiny. He sits in the cauldron. <laughs> so he's like on his arms on the uh, on the lap. 
and he's looking out and he's just drinking periodically. Also, <laughs> uh, oh, he's big enough that he he. Yeah, he can fit entirely in the cauldron. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and you sort of the and and does and the whole thing doesn't weigh more than four hundred pounds or whatever the. Uh, I guess five hundred. Five hundred pounds. Uh, so you're able to carry both uh, him and the cauldron uh, up the uh, uh, deeper into the woods. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you set out and uh, journey up. It's a bright, sunny day. Uh, golden light filtering down through the pines. And trek your way through. There's a brief moment where you freeze and you swear you could just hear for a moment the distant sounds of a frustrated troll. troll. Oh, God, no! Two days later! And then you realise that it's just Die, kind of like, he's got his hands over his mouth, he's like, Oh, God, Inside the cauldron. Yeah, inside the cauldron. That's a really good impression, I say to Die. Thank you. I'm going to smoke some opium on the way there, if you'll let me. Oh, sure, and he taps your pipe and it refills with opium. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Can I do that on the way there, because it's an hour walk? Yeah, go for it. Uh, roll your addiction save for you there. Yes, I will roll my addiction. Oh, it's a two. So okay, I'm you're dead. actually back up on, count on, on one again. <laughs> Let's hope I don't roll a one on the fucking hit dice this time. Come and on. Cast mage armor. I two. Okay. <laughs> it was a two. You, feel, you wrap your uh, leather around your horn, feel its uh, strength extend to your body, and you head on marching up the hill. When you get to the top, it is one of the few hills. There are f more f far in the distance. You can see rising up into almost small mountains. The trees follow up them in degree. But as with this one, as you, although you make the climb, eventually the trees peter out until you reach the very top of the hill. And there they, you find yourself standing on an open sort of hilltop. The wind blowing through your hair. The sun almost perfectly above. <sighs> Dai kind of leans back in the cauldron and just sort of <clears throat> snuggles in, closing his eyes. Oh, seems like a good place to take a nap. Yeah, I think that'd be yeah, good. Yeah, you take and a nap. <laughs> well, I think it's time to open this letter then, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. Right, that's. Suspicious. I'm so nervous. No, open it. You probably. Nope, I'm not even going to say it. Right, um, so this says, Dismember the satire and boil his body parts in the cauldron. Do not tell him why. Remember, I have your friend, Anwin. Well, I've not got any water. <laughs> As, I mean, that's not a big I mean, thing, looking but... around, there is actually a small stream. Ah, uh, well. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, just here at also, the top. Also, what?! We've got to chop him to bits and boil him. I'm not sure we can manage that. And also, I'm not sure we should manage that. That doesn't seem... Wait. He's... He's a... He's a fey being. Do we actually know that would kill him? Nope. But we don't know it won't. Mm. And regardless, it's going to hurt. Mm. It's it's not something we can just convince him to do either. 
We can't tell him why. We've got to get to Olga. And he's got fighty. Yeah. And I've got to get to Leah eventually. Like, <laughs> I feel like someone's getting dismembered here no matter what. Whether it's die or fighty. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at this, see if there's any... It doesn't say we can't kill him first. Small mercy, but... We could shoot him in the head the and then do it. It's horrible. I mean, at least he went scream through it. I can do it. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to have Corson uh, gesture that we move away from the cauldron while we're uh, discussing this. I assumed you had. Yes. Oh yeah, I yeah. think we're not stupid enough to You're be discussing it loudly. Like, shall we kill him, him first? Oh, yes, yeah, so I yeah. think we should the kill him. That's not what's happening. Read what it said before reading out loud. I'm assuming you all moved over to that little bubbling stream and had this quietly. Yeah. So here's a thought. We don't know that it'll necessarily harm him. Yes. But there are spells that... Like the charming one, you can't make someone hurt themselves. No. So we'd know if it harmed him if he let us do it. You have a point there. I mean, I feel like we're just prolonging the inevitable. We have to yeah, do it. Yeah, it doesn't get better for us knowing it doesn't... Because then we'd know if it hurts him. And knowing it hurts him doesn't make it better. <laughs> I don't want to hurt him. Don't. But letting you hurt him is the same thing. As annoying as he has been, I'm not uh, convinced he deserves this. He's not annoying. No one deserves this, but I can't see another choice. There are some things you've just got to do and you shouldn't think about them too hard. I wish I knew more about, like, the significance of this. Does he just want to get this guy out of the way? What did they say the cauldron did? Alchemical yeah. shit. Um, they make it easier to make certain alchemical things. It's a magic cauldron. So I tried to work it out from the word, but it's some weird old dialect of Elvis. I've no idea what it says. So boiling him in it might do something. Might yep, but we can walk he off. Know what that says? He might know what that says. Might so give us a better idea. I'm of not why. waking him up to ask him what a fucking cauldron says before we chop his legs off. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> saying we can't if it if it has to be him uh is that significant like um like it's not going to be functionally the same thing if we just uh, hack up some poor unsuspecting goat is it no he said we have to follow the instructions exactly he's not stupid have you seen him yeah it's significant then that it's the it's die rather than yes. uh, anything else. It, it must says be. Satire. It says satire, it doesn't say goat. Any other satires around? Nope, and if there was, we'd still be chopping somebody up. And <laughs> Can I look them. for one? <laughs> uh, yeah, give me an investigation check. 19! You see a beautiful goat-headed reflection in the in the babbling brook. Ugh. But you're not sure if you're actually a satire. <laughs> <laughs> ha. 
that's you. <laughs> that took a minute. That took a minute for me. I think we're prolonging the inevitable here. With stuff that you don't want to do, you've just got you've just got to do it. I really like him. I know. <sighs> but they will murder Fighty and friend. Yes. Do you read languages very well? Some. What's it say on the cauldron? Sparagmos. What does it mean? Dismember. Oh. Or possibly rend or tear. But I think under the circumstances that's the most accurate. What did he say? It means dismember. Oh, good. Is that better or worse? Fucking hell. Um. Right, so this is a cauldron specifically designed for this purpose. Great. It's also pretty old. From the looks of that, that's uh, pre-Tyrian. Pre-Tyrian. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Pretty fucking old. Right. I'm not great at history. Would Corzin know how how old that is? Uh, you I mean, are aware of when the Tyrian Empire was, but give, I me, would a histi- be as well. give me a history check just to, for 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 a rough, more precise dating. Mm, should I do one as well? Yeah. Uh, Natural one. <laughs> really, de- oh, better. Really, really distracted right now. <laughs> really distracted. <laughs> yeah. Five. Yeah. Uh, uh, Older than the Regency. Time. Older yeah. than the Regency. You don't know anything about this sort of thing, do you? I know that you are dealing with old and powerful spirits right now. And we should do what they say? Or we should just... There will be consequences for not. Yeah. I don't want something to happen to Fighty. I don't want something to happen to your friend either. Because he's your friend. So how do we do this? I do think we should shoot him first. I've got a thing I can do that if it doesn't work immediately it will at least stop him vanishing and running or at least slow him down. Right? What? Would, um, Would being able to do this without making noise make any difference? I think it's going to wake him up regardless. I think being shot in the face is going to wake him up, yeah. It'll also I'm going to get my casting. gun out. It'll ah. prevent him casting things, but... It's a point. I think we should probably try and shoot him in the head before he wakes up. We'll Agreed. cast a spell on him. I don't think it'll, he'll notice it. Okay. And you can do that. You can both look away if you want. I know we're all equally responsible for this. Yeah. I know, but you two are better people. Um, I don't believe that. That's nice. I'm going to cast slow. Okay. Um... 
you die. watch as dies breathing, which is already kind of it's like slows down you got a minute alright I get my I go really close to him like gun to head give me a stealth check yeah it's not like on his head if that makes any sense it's like but as close as you Mm. can get without touching really because I want to be sure Shit, bollocks. Oh, God. Twelve. Two natural twos. <laughs> oh, good. Two natural twos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he is like... So I hold my gun out. My hand shakes. Seriously, look away. I say the scamp. You don't want to see this. No, I think I should. Right. Sorry. And I shoot him. Just as your finger squeezes the trigger, his eyes flick open and meet yours. There is a spray. The body jerks once in slow motion and then slumps. I, um, get my rapier out. You get your rapier out. The rapier is not a very good cutting implement. Uh, I look look at it for a second and go, Corzin, do you have anything better than this? Yeah, and uh, he takes out his medical kit Oh, you've got a bone saw. (laughs) Give it to me. I'm already. I've already done the worst of it. I might as well carry on at this point. I take it off him and I begin sawing up this poor little man. Over the next 15 minutes, you undertake the grisly work of dismembering Dai, separating his arms, legs, and, and what remains of his head. You pile them into the cauldron and taking turns with uh, a vessel you carry water from the stream until you fill it up digitation flames I guess yeah, or fire gather wood fireball. beneath and build a fire Scamp just sort of slumps the floor and sits there what whole time doing that I'm going to see if I throw up <laughs> I, st- I throw up a lot that was yeah. a one you I throw up more than once resting constantly Scamp doesn't move at all. And above above the sun has reached its zenith, just shining down from above, and you find yourself sitting and watching as the flames build up enough and the water the red tinged water within just begins to bubble and bubble and steam begins to rise growing at first white and wispy then growing darker grey then black then a deep purple the bubbling intensifies and thick blackish reddish froth 
begins to bubble over the sides. You look up and you can see clouds have begun to form all around you. This, they begin to circle around until only just a thin beam of light is coming from the sun above. There is a rumbles of thunder in the sky, flashes of lightning, and the clouds uh, narrow through until there's just this tiniest thin beam of light. And you watch as with a desperate shuddering, the whole cauldron quakes and the earth quakes as well. The trees rumble and shake and you see a form begin to rise out of the cauldron. Just seemingly formed of, you don't know if it's just just some sort of reddish purplish substance which begins to crystallize. You see the outlines of bones and flesh weave themselves around the bones as they're struck into, the, into place. A tall form, tall as you, Celestia. Uh, bones, then flesh, then skin and hair, and two huge curled horns, and a long, kind of unkempt beard. And as the figure extends his hands, and it's very much a him. Pine needles. <laughs> You've seen him form completely naked. He's very much a him. Um, pine needles begin to and, and grass begin to f- uh, tear themselves out of the ground and spin up around him. Uh, and just this, uh, and they begin to form this whirlpool, knitting, threading together, forming a long green robe. And with one last clap of thunder and a flash of light you're momentarily blinded and you kind of blink it off and you look up and there as the clouds above begin to part stands a tall very adult looking satyr with golden eyes and an un- and, a, and a full brown beard and curly chestnut hair to be me again. Die? Of course. Forgive me. And he sweeps an extravagant courtly bow. You knew me as Die, but allow me to introduce myself properly. I am Dionysus. You can roll a religion check if you want. Yeah, I, I do see. <laughs> might know. Nope. Probably not. Oh, definitely not. Nine. That's a four. <laughs> That's a surface stuff, four. religious stuff. Not what we're good at. Causing you vaguely remember hearing about a pagan god once by that name, or or possibly like a fallen saint. One okay. that's one that, that that fled from the grace of the region. But that but this would have been centuries and centuries ago like the early like early regency you don't really like it's it's very hazy you remember they had something to do with feasting maybe right okay um Corson is just gonna be staring kind of open mouthed and go if if this is who you 
truly are, then who were you before? I was me. But a different phase of my life, you could say. When we incarnate, there's always the risk of death. And different gods have different ways to get around that. Dear Anwin can't get with the idea of growing old. Me? I believe in coming back. There's a certain renewal in dying, being young again, dying, being me again. Sadly, that process got interrupted for the better part of 2,000 years. But he gives them a wide grin. It's all right. That's way unleashed on this world. (laughs) I'm back now. And I have you to thank. Please, let me give you some gifts. True gifts. Not Anwin's gifts. You want some sweets? (laughs) Scamp. Dearest Scamp. I will miss your smile. I don't... Just for you, I'll make the change. And he reaches down to where his old wooden bowl was dropped by the cauldron, picks it up and runs his hand around the rim once. It makes a sort of ringing noise, like running your finger around the edge of a wet wine glass. Passes it to you. You can do that up to three times a day. And it will fill with as many sweets as it would fit in there. Or any... Let's say any kind of intoxicating substance. Chocolate? Oh, you've Just done for some- you, <laughs> chocolate as well. You've done something very bad there. <laughs> he looks to you, Celestia. I know what to give you. But first, and he looks down at you, Corson. What would you, what boon would you ask of me, sailor? Is it? Is it within your power to show me? what my true heart's desire is. Hmm. He peers and looks at you for a long time. I mean, the kind of desires I mostly deal with are a more earthy, gratifying sort. But I can see a, I can see two. One of them sits in a house in a little, very little space, and both of them are waiting. But the other. The other lies deep 
beneath the ocean, waiting. Its time will come soon. She will reemerge soon. I cannot tell you where. I cannot tell you when. And while I have at this time the power for a few little tricks, I cannot grant you what you need. Can you give me the power to keep them safe? Make sure they want for nothing. You have that power. I can see there is a store of wealth, at least, left behind with them. They won't starve. But I can tell you what to seek to for your other heart's desire. There is a stone, a set of stones, blue, with a slice down the middle, like a hawk's eye. The eyes of the storm. Find them, and they will lead you to her, and all those who follow in her wake. One, let me think. One stat sits at the chest of an old enemy of yours, a thorn in your side. Another is held in the grasp of a pirate queen seeking to change the world and leaving caches of buried treasure. And a third rests within a deep treasure vault in the grasp of an eccentric collector more than that, I cannot see from here, for it is her way to cloud those who would seek her. How many of these stones are there? More than three, but those are the ones I can see. So just clarifying out of uh, character, one lies uh, with an old enemy, another one with a pirate queen, and a third in a vault of, a, of an eccentric collector. Right. Okay. And a, Sorry, I suppose I can. That's right. Yes. And I suppose I can. I can do this for you. And he reaches down and touches your chest. And you feel a sort of a warmth spread within it for a moment. Kind of like the buzz you get after drinking a fair bit of alcohol. Okay. <laughs> and it passes. You have learned the trick of sensing when certain entities are within a, within a distance of you, especially when you are at sea or on the coast. He nods. If one of those stones is within that distance, you will feel it now. 
So your, prim you. your primeval so awareness helpful. has been adjusted so that if you're within a mile or within six miles if you're on the coast or at sea of one of those stones, you will be able to sense it by using primeval Olga's awareness. Olga's wearing one, that's so good. Okay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> right, so... And as for you, Celestia Stardust, pass me your guitar. I pass him my guitar. He smashes it. That'd be so sad. <laughs> he smashes it! Oh, he smashes it on the cauldron. Okay. And as he picks it up, he gestures with one hand and the pieces begin to, come, uh, to sprinkle up into the air. And above, the clouds form once again. And the guitar begins to reassemble itself, thinner, flatter than before. And as he strikes a power cord on it, a bolt of lightning descends from above. He's referred to the electric guitar. It's <laughs> an electric guitar. Is it now purple? Because I want it. To be. And there is a deep purple guitar. Uh, There's no sounding board to it. It's it just seems to be stri the strings of metal on a flat kind of weirdly lightning bolt shaped back. Oh, uh, oh yes. In purple. Uh, and he passes it back to you. I think you'll find this has a few interesting tricks. This is pretty much the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so the guitar, the electric guitar has two effects. First of all, it is an electric guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it is a sound unlike anything else in this world, and it comes with an inbuilt amp. Um, nice. And doesn't need to be powered. Secondly, you can use it to cast the shocking grasp cantrip. Oh my god. Oh yes. I, a new cantrip? With an electric guitar. Holy shit. That's incredible. Mmm. That's so good. I, I think I, I don't think I've ever asked this, but um is Celestia left ha left handed? Um No. No, she's right handed. Okay, I was just yeah. thinking, like, just which way around would it go? Yeah. Okay, mm. cool. Like, yeah. yeah, like ordinary guitar way around. All right, cool, cool. Every character I've ever played is left-handed. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> You're left-handed. It's automatic in my brain that things yeah. are. That's why Celestia is not left-handed, because I'd have to put everything backwards and it would upset me. <laughs> yeah. I play. Most things I puppeteer are right-handed. Oh, Because the left hand's in the head, so... Ooh. The right hand is the one that I'm using to control that arms. That makes sense. Which is oh, why cool. most yeah. of the Muppets are left-handed. Oh, <laughs> Interesting. Well then. It has been a true pleasure. Thank you. Only immortals could do this for me. He steps out of the cauldron, picks it up in one hand, by the, uh, by the handle, and gives you one last sweeping bow. Farewell, and sweet dreams. There is Wait, another you... stroke oh, of lightning and the distant sound of a power chord. So do you want to help having weird dreams? And as, you're, as, you're, <laughs> as the light sort of clears, you blink your eyes. Dionysus is gone. Yeah, I've been having fucking weird dreams. But I didn't really think anything of that. I usually have pretty shit dreams. Mine have been I had a weird dream usual. last night. 
I think... I think he's... We've been... Played by more than one uh, very uh, powerful entity over yeah. the last couple of days. Well. So she's going to take a second and look down at herself. She's covered in blood. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are. Get rid of that. Um, With your little magic drink. Yeah. Prestidigitation. away. So many times. Of your crime. Yeah. I keep going for a bit after it's all gone. Your clothes are now especially clean. Out damned spots. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that happened. Are you alright? Nope. Come on, sit down. You need okay. to take a moment. I'm gonna get some whiskey out of my bag and drink a lot of it. Ever since being around Dionysus, the whiskey is richer and more flavourful than it's ever been. I'm going to fill the bowl with chocolate. Liquid chocolate. You do. Three times a day. It's full of hot, steaming hot chocolate. I'm going to drink it all. <laughs> Good. It is fantastic hot chocolate. I want so liquid fat. chocolate. Not even hot chocolate, just liquid chocolate. chocolate. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. I feel fine. <laughs> Corson is going to say, well, I don't suppose any of us saw that coming, but... That doesn't change the fact. Cold-blooded murder is a filthy business. Yep. You're going to be alright. And he looks at her very, very um, pointedly and says, You keep saying that you're not as good a person as we are. And... Yeah, that's, that's just true. <laughs> no, I just cast slow on someone so you could kill them faster. There's yeah, a but... difference between there's a difference between being a bad person and a good person who has done bad things. Hmm. I say this from experience. Right. Now, you know, if if you're feeling guilty about this and you by rights you probably should be, that's perfectly normal. But don't let that guilt give way to shame. Yeah, guilt's recent. For me. Like I said, you two make it harder to um, not think about things too hard. Mm. Sorry. (laughs) It's alright. Well, guilt's what you get when you're a good person who has done bad things. Nah, we're still not going that far, darling. I take, I drink more whiskey, so much whiskey. Do you want to sit on the floating disc while we walk back? <laughs> Maybe. I wish I could sit on the floating disc. I feel really tired. A cheerful, bright you? sun beats down. It doesn't move inside. unless I do. Oh, it moves with you walking. <laughs> yeah, it's really sad. So you could just carry both of us. Yeah, have to walk. <laughs> it's a lot easier now that the cauldron's gone. Oh, is it just totally gone? Yeah. No, no. Went he with took him. it with him. He yeah. took it with him. 
Oh, right. Celestia just sits on the desk, curls into a small ball, and doesn't look at either of you. <laughs> She's pretty much not made eye contact with you since she chopped a man up in front of you, to be honest. I leave yeah, a bowl um, of chocolate next to you. Yeah. <laughs> sits there untouched. <laughs> I eventually go back and eat slightly cool chocolate. Put her hand on her, uh, her shoulder and just. She shrugs it off. A small squeeze. I'm gonna leave oh, Jeff I didn't with hear you. what you said there, Sam. It was, uh, he was just gonna put a hand on your shoulder and give it a small squeeze. Ah, she shrugs okay. it off, babe. Okay. I leave Jeffrey with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know how much you love animals. <laughs> Jeffrey is really fucking unnerved right now. He's just like shivering a bit. This has been a weird day. The weather did weird things. You cut up a man in front of him. I completely ignore Jeffrey if I can. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey, give her a hug. I shout back as we walk. Please take this fucking monkey away from me. Awkwardly clings onto you (laughs) with all four limbs. Animals are good for you. They're fucking weird. It's like a tiny person. I hate it. (laughs) You awkwardly. I don't hug him so back, I just sit there way, while he like clings onto me. Make your way back down to Admin's Hall. Uh, after taking a rest, uh, and just your progress is a little slower than before, you descend down and the hall is largely empty. Again, apart from a few fatlings wandering around cleaning up. That's not a fighty. Uh, fighty is nowhere to be seen, but it's still a couple of hours until, uh, uh, until sundown. And you get a you see that a note has been a notice passed to you by one of the fatlings. Uh, it is Colander, actually. Colander. Uh, I, I hug Colander. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of wriggles a little bit, uh, and eventually sort of squirms out. And, and I put my head away. on the table. <laughs> There's a note from Fighty. It just says, "Get your things." Prepare for a uh, prepare for a journey. Pack provisions. Meet me in the hall in the great hall at sundown. So you have a couple of hours to do any preparations you want. Okay. Should we see if the kitchen staff will give us any food? We probably should, shouldn't we? Four new fatlings. Oh, you know, I don't go down to the kitchen. I sit there and be weird and drink. Yep. I get, I get hella drunk. I leave yep. the bowl with you. I can yeah. make one more thing today. <laughs> okay. Have chocolate twice. <laughs> What's the other thing that you make? I made, I've made chocolate twice, so I could do one more, and it can be anything. So I'm going to leave anything intoxicating, anything intoxicating, or like sweets based. Oh, booze, booze, what, booze. What do you want? More whiskey. <laughs> Just fills up with I get rich amber whiskey. So drunk. Yeah, no, you yeah. are. Thank <laughs> God you're gonna get it. Okay, let's say. Uh, mm, so they're drinking the whole bowl. What? What's your constitution score? <laughs> and your current Lol, le- nine. And your current level five. So you get. So you have have a. So you get one of those for free. Now give me. So okay, so the second drink puts because well, this is gonna. I'm doing this to check. You're in the liquid. I don't current. have two bowls. I have one. Bowl. Yeah, no, you have one bowl. Okay. It's five drinks in a bowl. Okay. Hmm. So you've got so the second one, the second 
as it were, unit brings you to the liquid courage state. Mm -hmm. So you've got five mm -hmm. temporary hit points. Advantage on strength and charisma skill checks. Disadvantage. Um, don't write this down just yet, though, because you might lose this. Disadvantage on dex, whiz, and inch skill checks. Advantage on fear saves. Disadvantage on charm saves. And now roll three more times for a constitution save to see how hell. pissed you get. So pissed. What is don't, the volume of this bowl? It's pretty big. It's fairly sized, like, drinking bowl. <laughs> Four? So that's one fail. Yep. Disadvantage on all skill checks and attacks. Four! Eight. Disadvantage on all saves. Sixteen. Okay, you don't black out. Okay, so... So you have disadvantage on all skill checks and attacks and all saves. Uh, you do have two hours, so you can... Let's call it one more check to see how many of those... Of Skills, those... attacks, and saves. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. let's... Uh, just Let's just give, it, give me a constitution save. We'll see how quickly you sober up in the two hours you have. Eighteen. So actually pretty fast. Good. You drop. Okay. So you. Okay. I'll say that's enough to drop the two failures. Mm -hmm. So you are. You are dr still drunk at sundown. Mm -hmm. So liquid courage state. So five temporary hit points. Well, it's such a good idea to be drunk at this point, isn't yeah. it? <clears throat> five temporary hit points. Advantage on strength and charisma. Um, wait a second. I have a question about temporary hit points. Yeah. I ha I still have two temporary opium hit points. Uh, they overlap. They do not stack. In fact, I will just, so I just have five. Yeah, I'm cool. just going to pass you the the sticky with uh, the notes on uh, on the alcohol. You know what? That would be great, so actually. So I'd have out. to write them. Yeah, there you go. So uh, when you're all gathered together, uh, there's one thing I want to do yeah? before Sunder. I'd like to see if I can find the nun's habit in the game scene. <laughs> okay, they have been cleared away, but give me an investigation check. Let's see if they're around anywhere. Ooh, seventeen. You searching around, asking a couple of fatlings. You find a cupboard in which both the like scratched up, like torn up uh, nuns' uh, habit, uh, scarlet nuns' habit, and the gimp suit have both been hung up. Is it all right if I take these? My gifts! Yay! Yeah. I'm gonna put them in my bag for later. Yeah, the nuns' habit is modified to be risque yes. as fuck. Add one risque scarlet nuns' habit. And one midnight blue gimp suit. I have suit. no idea why I want them. I just didn't want to leave them behind. One halfling-sized <laughs> midnight blue gimp okay. suit. In episode 65, when we need all of those things, we're going to thank you. Um, <laughs> we need to get ourselves a bag I will of say, you, you have taken the helm the goat uh, armor helmet. Do you want the rest of it? Because it's in the same cupboard. It's really heavy, isn't it? Yes, it is so heavy. I can't so carry all that. I don't generally worry too much about uh, weight. Like, I slightly abstract it, but that is heavy enough to cause encumbrance problems. Yeah. problems. yeah. yeah. Okay, you leave the rest of it. You only take the helmet with you. And, uh, Corson, is there anything you want to do in the couple of hours before before uh, sundown? I think, um... I think actually probably Corson would be making sure all of his, uh, uh, provisions were in order, making sure all of his weapons were loaded, yeah. and keeping an eye on Celestia to make sure she doesn't actually pass out. Okay. Like, he's not going to be enforcing his company on her, but he'll be around. Yeah, I, I don't let you sit near me. Yeah. I move. Jeffrey follows you. Jeffrey follows you the whole I time. I push him off me <laughs> like a mean little bitch. <laughs> Jeffrey tries to stay with you a couple of times before eventually sulking and going back to scamp. And give Jeffrey lots of food. Okay. <laughs> 
traumatized monkey. <laughs> Shortly before sundown, as the, as the golden light from the windows is streaming into the room, a pair of figures, one one exhaust, bitterly exhausted looking fighty Govenswick. His clothes look a bit rumpled. It looks almost like he's been in a fight. Um, although bearing no obvious injuries, staggers down a set of stairs and shortly after him trails the resplendent form of Lord Anwen the Fair. Gold waistcoat, quicksilver breeches, and a long coat, like a, like a robe, of sunlight. It just seems to be woven just of brilliant, gleaming golden light, but it flows and moves like uh, like cloth. I put my sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. And look apathetically at him. Oh, you've all been such lovely guests. I really felt that third favour get repaid. Well then, I am a fairy of my word. He snaps his fingers and the wall behind his throne splits and peels aside to reveal a stone archway in a small room beyond which you can see not matching the room at all what seems to be a verdant pleasant looking field with the with the sun shining high in a blue sky above fighty turns to you if we can uh, have a few moments uh, not that we're not grateful for your hospitality and we do thank you for everything Lord Anwan the Fair and he bows of course he bows well you've been lovely guests and he turns and strides away Fighty who is struggling under the weight of his own pack looks at you first of all did you get provisions uh, I got I got a week, week of provisions. Okay, so that should be, be enough. enough. I can make beer. Fill me in later. <laughs> More, first, I got a really cool guitar. This is important because when we step through that archway, we're going into the dream fold. Hey, that place is real. It is. Oh, that was just a fucking fairy story. Am well, I really fairy drunk? Fairy stories. You know we're in a fairy's house, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> What's a dream fold? <laughs> it's the place where dreams are quite literally Oh, hence the made. comment about some dying. Yeah. Mm. All right, then. A few words. So several words of warning. The dream fold is how gnomes get along uh, around quickly. He checks for a moment as if he has a, a headache. Apparently, no, this is enough to, to, to service the gate. So, it's not just how we get around quickly. It's where gnomes live. Many of us. All right. We live between the dream fold and the living world. That's why we're all so fucking weird then, isn't it? <laughs> Bluntly, yes, it is. It's where I learned to sew. It's where you don't, like, 
live in cities or villages or towns? No. But the Dreamfold is a hostile place to waking life in many ways. Not all of them how, obvious. How do gnomes survive there then? Have you ever you hear of those deserts like the one in Faroz or the big one in Haldanos or the even the kind of badlands like the Wayne Waste, right? Yep. And you get those clans of nomads traveling place to place, finding oases where they can survive. Yep. That's yeah. how we live. Gnomish clans oh, right. move through the Dreamfold. We harvest parts of it for resources, for things that you can't get in the waking world. And we make frequent stops off at... Uh, some, there are a few, very few permanent gates like this one between the uh, between this place and the Dreamfold. And there are many that appear only overnight or only appear once or for a short time. We make stops out of those. We gather supplies. We head back in. Right. We also trade uh, some things. There is a type of uh, cloth. It goes by a different name here in the waking world, but we call it what it is, dream cloth. That's uh, that's one very example of a uh, substance we trade. And it's a bastard to harvest. It's a bastard to harvest the flax. The important thing is, though, nothing is safe to eat or drink inside the dream fold. Right. You can Got it. for a time, but it's not our world. If you eat a bit of the dream folds, it'll taste just fine if you're in the right part. It'll even fill you up. But when you leave, you take a bit of the dream fold with you. And that part of you wants to eat something from its own world. You can't quite process waking world food as well. You you eat and you still stay hungry. In time, if you've only had a bit, the sickness will go away because it's the nature of bodies to replace themselves a little bit over time anyway. But if you've eaten too much, you can get very sick. If you've eaten a lot for a long time, you'll always need to eat some of the Dreamfold food along with some of the Waking World's food if you want to live. The air is safe enough, at least for the trips we make, but um, you need a number of years exposure for that to start to change you. But it does. Some of the deep gnomes, the ones that have lived there a long time, their eyes go all purple. It's one of the most easy, easy ways you can tell. Right. Mm. There's one, so while we're in there, if you have to, you can drink the water. It'll make you sick when you get out, but not irreversibly so. Mm. Wouldn't recommend it for a long time for the same reason, but food's but if worse. We're fucked, then. How long are we going to be in there? We'll be in there a night. But time doesn't work the same way there. It works like it does in dreams. So the whole thing could take us five minutes, or it could take us two weeks. Right. Can um, we understood. send a message to Molly before we go in? Not a bad idea. I've got it's two weeks. People are going to worry. No, no, no. It's it will always be a night on the here in the waking okay. world. Okay. Oh, that's fine then. 
So it's the time in there. The time in the time there here. is going to be either five minutes or two weeks or anywhere in between. Well, that's fine then. Right. How, how does it work then? Are we going to, like... Magic. But are we going <laughs> to see the things that we dream about? Some of it. It's more like a, a collective place of where everyone dreams. Right. Some of your dreams might get called to you, depending on where you are within it. Oh, but what? it's all... There's different places in it. There's different ways to get between. With me guiding you, though, we should be able to get to a safe space and another por stable portal out. Or a temporary portal. I should be able to at least make sure that we get out, out of one here, somewhere in civilization. And the portals almost always form in civilization. They form where large that... groups of people sleep. Oh, and lots of dreams. Exactly. Is that what Vera was uh, looking into in Crosswater? Yeah, because she deals with the other side of the problem. That looks say... pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Things from the, uh, the dream fold coming through that shouldn't be. Well, the thing is, I said, our world and their world are different. Something that comes out of the dream world can't usually last more than a a few hours before it has to go back. Our world is more toxic to them than theirs is to us. Unless they've eaten waking food. Because then they take a little bit of the waking world into them. So they're going to want our food, aren't they? Keep Make sure we don't lose any of the food. Okay. Vera's job and the job of the, of the dreamwalkers like her is to stop the creatures that try to get out when rips become too stable and in the wrong places and make sure that they can't eat and then return for safety. If they do, that's when the real monsters start to, uh, to appear. Uh, okay. Right. right. So, make sure Makes you sense, keep our food. Make sure no nothing in there eats our food. Are there a lot of monsters and shit? There is anything you'd expect to see in a dream. Nightmares. There's nightmares, but there's nice things too, and those can be as deadly. I hate dreaming. Or they can be very friendly. I don't have many nice ones. My dreams are all bullshit. Oh, this is going to be a fun trip, I can tell. <laughs> Does all that right. make it worse? Is it going to be bad if I have bad dreams? Let's just say if we're in the bad places, there there's more things to be attracted to you. Oh, good. So, I love this. This is we great. We are very attractive. <laughs> I'm. We've just got I'm to fucking this. gorgeous. <laughs> One other I'm thing. Really pretty look. He <laughs> reaches in his pocket and pulls out a pocket watch, and you, uh, as he opens it, you can see there is a dial on it with numbers going from one to thirteen. Would you mind looking closely at this? And he holds it up to your face, Celestia. Yeah. As you peer at it for a moment, you feel a sharp sting as if something's bitten you in the eye. Ow! And you hold it up to you, Scout. Uh, Bing! Ow! ow! And to you, Corzin. What's this? It'll make sure that any clock you look at in the dreams... It, 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 any clock you, uh, you look at in the dream fold will show the right time as is matched on my pocket watch. It'll count down till dawn. We need to be out of the dream fold by dawn, or you'll be there the whole day. And right. who knows how bad. much time will pass during a day before it comes night again. Fuck it. This is fucking terrifying. Yes, it is, but it's quick. Right. I travel through right, the dream fold a lot. You've just got to keep your ways around you. You're fucking hardcore as shit. Do you know that? Yes, I do. All gnomes are. 
and you look into the uh, into the clock, uh, Cos, and you feel a biting sensation in your eye. Ah. You it, and he clips it down. Okay. You need to be out by the time the clock strikes 13. When the clock strikes 13, morning happens. The clocks normally strike 13. Am I Mine really does, drunk? Because we've got 13 hours till, till dawn. Okay. Okay, let's go. All right, then. Let's go. Here we go, then. And you step forwards. Uh, I'm sorry about this, Jeffrey. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. And you step forwards into the dream fault and that's where we will pick up next time thank you all very much for listening thank you all very much for playing and farewell from all of us here at flintlocks and fireballs fair seas and natural twenties from flesh to bones upon the spit then bones to flesh within the pit when youth is slain and flesh is torn, the drunk gods once again reborn. So gather your muskets, gather your spears, we'll plunder the shores of Calcineer. No kraken storm or spell we fear, so come and sail with us, my dear.